Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrifying flicks. If you made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you take a mad scientist, dick-grabbing, and a dinosaur? Why, you get Tammy and the T-Rex. podcast is starting hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the terrible terror podcast um <laughs> the music of this movie sucks <laughs> i'm just gonna get this out of the way right now like that is so like on the nose terrible of like explaining what's gonna happen in the movie uh type of intro and it's all done to teenage cheerleaders fucking doing the routine it's it's just terrible it's terrible throughout and even when you're sitting there and you're like listening to it, you're like, what? <laughs> it's just, God, God, man. Um, well, okay, maybe I should say not necessarily the music that like is the orchestral music or whatever you want to say, uh, but the, you know, the lyrical music and, and that type of thing that you get from the movie. Uh, it's absolutely 100% terrible and the worst thing that you could possibly hear. Even though I think maybe one song I was kind of okay with while they were playing it. But hey, like I said, welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. And we are looking at Tammy and the T-Rex. Even though at times I think it's Tanny and the T-Rex. I don't know. Everywhere it seems to be Tammy, Tammy, Tammy. And then during the end credits, it says Tanny. And I think even during the intro, one of the like little things, it says Tanny and the T-Rex. So which one is it? Is it Tammy or is it Tanny? This is like the ketchup, ketchup type of situation. You know, you go into the grocery store and you're down the aisle and you got two red bottles and one says ketchup. The other one says ketchup. Ketchup? Ketchup. Ketchup? Ketchup. What the fuck is the difference? I don't think there's any difference in between those two. I mean, who the hell is going to solve my problem? I, I don't know. Maybe somebody will pop up at some moment and randomly tell me what the difference between the two of them are. But nonetheless, is it Tammy? 
well, I'm going with Tammy and the T-Rex because that's what's on the damn box from everybody, and that's what's out there. So, it's fucking Tammy, okay? Even though everything in the fucking movie says Tanny, except for the people that are saying Tammy because you can't quite figure out if they're saying Tammy or Tanny. I, I don't fucking know. But, nonetheless, this movie I really have no other reference to than hearing uh, the Beyond the Void podcast talk about it. Be honest. Uh... It's something that it's not just hearing them talk about it, but also seeing a lot of people kind of sharing things about it, especially when the gore cut was going to come out. I know that there are other people that have been really into it, like Jeff over at the Cadaver cast. Um, he said that he really likes this film. Uh, and so it's one of those movies that I just kind of wanted to see. You know, and it was one thing I know that Vinegar Syndrome released the Blu-ray copy of it and I was really close to buying it. And but I just don't know, like, is it worthy of my collection? That's what I was trying to think. And I haven't done as much collecting of DVDs lately since I've gone to primarily streaming for everything. But it might be something to have there and then just watch, especially since nobody was streaming it. And then a couple months back, Shudder says, hey, we're going to be streaming uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. So, what the hell? Why not? I really wanted to watch it, and, and you could buy it. I I have something against, like, buying movies on streaming services. Like, yeah, you quote-unquote own it, but, you know, I, I just don't know, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, I really don't think that it allows me to keep anything. I, I, if I'm going to buy something, I'd rather have it be physical than it being able to just be streamed whenever I want it to be, which is nice at the same time. I just, I could pop a DVD or a Blu-ray into a player and just fucking watch things whenever I want to watch them. So, but in the case of like this podcast, do I want to buy a movie when, you know, I'm doing an episode or if it's streaming, it just makes it easier for me. And that's kind of the way that this ended up being. So, Tammy the T-Rex there on Shutter, Wonderful. And it's the gore cut. Even better. And, man, uh, I, I, like I say this in some episodes, in some episodes I totally forget. But I am going to say this. If you haven't seen Tammy and the T-Rex yet, please do yourself a favor and watch it. Don't, you know, if I understand there are a lot of people that, you know, say don't listen to my suggestion of doing it because they really have no interest in seeing the movie great i understand go ahead and just listen to the episode but if you really had any type of interest in seeing it i suggest that you go watch it first because there's something about it that really it hits the right spots like for this type of movie and it's hard to get it through what uh the, the dialogue is just going to do, like, there's a lot of scenes that you have to see to believe. Uh, and I think overall, like, as an overarching narrative, it's better to get that whole feeling from it and then come back to the podcast. Because I, if you are interested in seeing it, I really don't want to ruin it for you. Like, get your own experience first and then come back and watch the movie. Um, I do feel like, I kind of ruined that for myself, but I'm also the other type of person that's not sure if I'm going to do something. And then when I finally do, I don't mind getting spoiled in some situations, especially with older movies. I don't mind it, but every once in a while I'm like, oh, fuck, I got spoiled and I shouldn't have been spoiled for this movie. And this was a movie I felt like 
Because there were things I was thinking about in the back of my head and out of things I've heard people talk about before. And it was really kind of affecting some ways that I saw parts of the movie. But I still, you know, not saying that I didn't form my own opinions of it because I'm obviously going to go through this and give my opinions about everything. But there were things that I was looking for and and then trying to keep them out of the back of my head. And I was like, oh, yeah. But then at the same time, like, I feel like some of the stuff that I was thinking about at that time or that maybe I would have been influenced by, I felt like a little different in some areas. And it's just, I, I want you guys, those who haven't seen it again, and if you have Shudder, you know, they're not a sponsor, but they should be, um, <laughs> go out there and watch it. And then come back to the podcast. If you don't have Shudder, it is available on other things. In fact, I think the whole thing is available on YouTube if you really want to go that way. Um, in, in, in like bit pieces. <laughs> but I don't know if it's the gore cut that's available there. Or if it happens to be the original like PG-13, PG cut or whatever you want to call it. Um, and the gore cut, I feel, is actually the way to go. Even though I don't know if it necessarily needed it. So... If you just want to go through the rest of the podcast, let's go on. Let's move on. If you don't, then please pause it. Go watch the movie. Come back. Listen to the rest of Tammy and the T-Rex. And let's see if we share a similar opinion with the movie. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, like I said, there's no real connection to this movie. Other than the, what truly interested me in this movie are two things. Uh, Paul Walker's in it. And Denise Richards is in it. Uh, in very early roles. And in fact, there are a lot of people that I recognized in this film. And I was very surprised when it turned out to actually be the person that I thought it was. Uh, one of them is the guy that plays Weasel. Uh, I'm terrible with actors' names and remembering sometimes. But I can tell you the character that I remember him from. And it's the guy that was in People Under the Stairs. Who was the guy that was under the stairs. And actually, the fear merchant, Richard with the fear merchant... Uh, he did an interview with him towards the beginning of his podcast that actually is a really interesting interview. At the same time, it's like, oh, let's talk about the new stuff that I'm doing, like a lot of people do. It's all about promo, right? Promo, promo, promo. Uh, and then there is the mad scientist's like apprentice or assistant who happens to be played by the guy that was Isaac in the Children of the Corn movies. Uh, I was like, damn, that guy's really fucking familiar. Uh, where did I see him from? And then all of a sudden, a couple pages, I'm like, that's it. And then all I can think was Malachi. But <laughs> it's not where, where my mind needs to go with it. Uh, but I just remembered that character and it's very hard not to see him because he really doesn't look much different in this than he did from Children of the Corn, even though it's quite a bit of time in between. The other is a character, a guy, an actor that I'm going to surprise when that scene comes because this one actually kind of blew my mind. Um, and I was like, wait, no, that's, that's not him, is it? And then I had to stop, look it up, and I found out that it's him. And it's a minor, minor role, uh, but it happens to be his first role, and we'll say who that is. That's called a uh, singer, I think, or something like that. But <laughs> nonetheless, um, so it, it just has a lot of different people in it, and there's a couple of different things that go on through the movie that either I feel like you're going to like or you're going to hate. And, well... I guess maybe we should just get right into the movie. So the movie begins, like I said, with that terrible, terrible fucking song that's going on back there. 
and we're watching everybody do like either cheerleader tryouts or just cheerleader practice. I'm assuming that it's practice because they all seem like they're doing some type of routine. And we get to see Denise Richards bounce around for a little bit doing her routine, which doesn't seem very great. Like, it seems basic as fuck, okay? That's what I'm going to say. And so once we've been introduced to her by just watching her bounce around for a little bit, then we see that Paul Walker comes in as character Michael. Michael's going over there to see Tammy. Of course, if you didn't figure it out already, Denise is Tammy. And so we're going to meet Tammy and Michael. We're also going to meet Byron, who happens to be her... Uh, Okay, there is... Some terrible things in this movie. And one of the terrible things is its time frame. And I know I normally don't say this, but I'm going to say this here. There are a couple things that this film does wrong. And one of them is because of the time that it was made. I said it during the Monster Squad movie review that I did. And here I'm going to say it here as well because it's... (laughs) It's definitely a sign of its times, right? And, oh my god, it's the gay best... Like, the Patton Oswalt joke I really fucking love, where he's like, I got to audition for the gay best friend! But he wanted to audition for it because he wanted to play the dumb gay best friend. Because, you know, the gay best friend is very, like, always has, like, the girl's back and everything and knows exactly what to do and the right things now i will say that this version of the gay best friend is kind of in the mix they don't openly say like he's gay but they make a lot of terrible gay jokes that (laughs) get you like and of course the way that he acts and the way he moves but i could have been like it might have been like a mannequin situation when i was like a kid and you see mannequin for the first time and you see hollywood there and he's like you know He could just be a character, but as you got into it and you got older, you realized, oh, he's a gay character and the things that they were doing. Like, I just thought he was funny as a kid, but then later on I was like, oh, he's gay. Okay, I get it. That's kind of a terrible representation of, you know, him being gay, but it kind of worked for Manigan. And here it's kind of the same thing with Byron. So let's go ahead and just have a quick look and listen into the meeting of our main trio of characters. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Fine. I have sociology. You want to work with her? Yeah, sure. Oh. Oh, you look awful. What happened? Coach is paying us back for losing. <laughs> I thought you did great. Yeah, well, the only great is when you win. <laughs> Work it, girl. <laughs> oh! Hi, Byron. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Byron, meet Michael. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you in the flesh. You know, Tammy talks about you all the time. <laughs> and I can say, girl, you didn't exaggerate one little bit. <laughs> mm. Well, I got to fly. Bye, Michael. <laughs> Bye. Uh, you know Byron, don't you? Yeah, I think everybody knows Byron. <laughs> so. So what? You shouldn't have done this. I can't accept it. Why not? Because. You know exactly why not. Tell me, you can't live the rest of your life being scared of somebody. It's not worth it. Don't you understand that if he hurt you, I would never be able to forgive myself. But I'm not scared of him. I know you're not, but you should be. I just can't do it. 
you shouldn't have done that. He's just a boy. No, really. So there's a couple things going on in this scene that are just kind of ridiculous. One, of course, he plays football. All right, we're going to get it. She's a cheerleader. He plays football. That's how the two happen to sync up together. And she's obviously really super into him just because of the way she looks. Oh, no, wait. That's just the way Denise Richards looks in, like, every one of her fucking movies. And honestly, overall, she does an okay job. It's not the best, but it's not her worst performance ever. And you give her a little more slack, probably because this is one of the more early roles in her career, right? So I give her a little bit of slack, but honestly, you know, to think that someday she's going to go from Tammy and the T-Rex to being a biochemical physicist in a Bond fucking movie, like anybody can believe that fucking shit, is ridiculous. So... Denise Richards, everybody. And then Byron. When they introduce Byron, you know, like I said, like, okay, I get it. You can tell that he's gay because of the way that he's kind of acting. But at the same time, if you didn't know and they didn't make jokes about it, you might be like, uh, maybe that's just the way that he is. Maybe he's just comedic relief and everything's fine. But then it's like, you know Byron. Well, everybody knows Byron because he likes to suck the dick. You know, that's the type of joke that we're getting here. And we're supposed to, like, laugh that type of thing. And I just, ugh, I just don't get it. But I understand that it's a sign of the times. And it's something that constantly comes up every time it seems like he has a pivotal role in the film. But I do like the fact that he's not, like, the super smart right away. He knows the exact answer, gay best friend. He's kind of a doofus. And honestly, he's one of the more likable characters in the movie. I just wish that it got a better rap than he does out of the other characters in the film. So, the big thing that she's worrying Michael about is Billy. Billy is the ex-boyfriend of Tammy. And Billy is a little bit... How do you say, um, obsessive about her? I mean, to the point that, like, he still thinks he's dating her, even though she obviously broke up with him, and she's busy trying to ride the hobby horse over here with Michael. You see, what she's worried about right now is that Michael left her a flower. I'm assuming, like, at her locker or in her bag or somewhere where... All of a sudden, you know, Billy here would notice that the flower's around, and she gives it back to Michael like a fucking bitch. Honestly, she was hiding it rather well inside of her bag. What, is Billy gonna come up to her and go through her shit if they're fucking broken up? No, you just say, bitch, don't look at my shit. But, of course, you know, she's really worried, and she's more worried for Michael that he's gonna get his ass beat than anything else. So, he takes the flower that was given to her, and he basically eats a bit of it. Puts in his mouth, chomps it a little bit. She laughs. Oh, you so crazy. And then, of course, Billy shows up. And Billy sees that Michael is talking to, you know, his lady. And he handles it in the most mature way. You know, he just goes up to him and says, you know, hey, chap. I'm really worried about this situation. You see, I believe this girl is still mine. And while you seem to have a fancy for her, I really don't think that you should. Maybe we, we should handle this like gentlemen with a nice game of Baccarat. No, of course not. He's a fucking asshole and he f starts a fucking WWE match. Oh, no. Michael, you gotta get out of here. I'm not running from this guy, Tammy. 
He's going to hurt you. And if he touches me, I'm going to hurt him back. What the hell do you think you're doing, Billy, man? Billy, you're going to get on I'm walking with You stay out of this. I'm walking with this lady. What do you think you're doing, man? I'm That's my lady, all right? But Billy, leave him alone. You stay out of this. You touch, hey, me, man. touch me, man. Hey, man, come on. You know something? I'm not going to kill you this time. It's cool. Okay, the other thing that happens in this movie before I really get into this whole thing is that Denise Richards yells a fucking lot. And I'm going to apologize for your ears. I tried to get it the best I could in a lot of different situations, but you might get blown out just a teeny tiny bit, especially when she really starts yelling because man, can that bitch yell. So now all the banter with mean Gene Okerlund has totally gone away. You've got Hulk Hogan in this corner, Macho Man over in the other corner, and they're about to go fucking at it. And you know, he just grabs him and he bulldogs him. Then he slams him down with a pile driver. And then, oh yeah, he gets the elbow ready from the top rope. And he jumps on him, brother. Um, <laughs> It's really fucking terrible. And ultimately... <laughs> He goes for the most bro move that he knows that because he's starting to Billy is starting to get his ass kicked by Michael there. And what's one way to stop somebody with the old dick grab? Now, there's another thing that you don't do to a dick. OK, wait a second. It's determined by what exactly your intentions are that you should or should not grab somebody by the dick. If you are going to try to stop a fight. Mm, depending on how bad your ass is getting me, maybe it's okay to grab a dick. If you're going for giving somebody pleasure, it's okay to grab a dick. If you're just going to cause pain and you're going to twist and yank, you do not grab a dick. So, uh, I don't know if I can put it on my list of things you shouldn't do to a dick. Um, well, in this situation, to get yourself out of a fight, I guess it's one way to stop the fight from happening, but he still manages to basically get his ass beat because Michael also grabs his dick. Okay, in this situation, it's not good to grab either person's dick. And from what I understand from a lot of little trivia things that this went on for a lot longer than it should have when they were filming it. Uh, so I don't know if it's something you want to be proud of having on celluloid um <laughs> having somebody like or, or if it's even it's a, like a trivia thing that you want out there that hey yeah i had to hold on to paul walker's dick for like 15 hours one day for a shoot because we keep having to reshoot the damn scene because the director was like no 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 that's not the angle of dick grabbing i think that you, you want to get right the fuck in there like you want to get make sure you get three full fingers at least right get your thumb right against the base of the shaft and get the fucking fingers over the top i mean come on you want to make sure that you tug a little bit we don't want this to look fake okay we want this to be as real as fucking possible make sure you get in there and you grab that boy's dick and so Either that or some weird fantasy the director had and thought that, hey, the best way to solve a fight is just to grab each other's dick. Like, what wrestling move have you seen? Okay, so there is the King of Sleaze, alright? I get it. But the King of Sleaze wasn't necessarily around in this time. And plus, his dick foo game is fucking strong, man. Like, you can't fucking stop it. The only thing that you can do is hope that his dick doesn't beat your ass. So in that case... It's not okay to grab his dick because that dick is going to kill you. So the cops finally show up and they realize that, hey, Billy, you're not supposed to be there and they need to break this apart. And that's when we find out that actually Michael has had an ace up his sleeve the whole time. 
Guy breaking up. What the hell's going on here? Oh. Now, wait. You know the school's going to restrain in order against you. Are you back moving up with the mad? Here is one of them testicular standoffs. You're not squeezing much, Michael. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna count to three, and then you both let go at the same time. Okay? One. One. Two. Two. Oh my God. Three. Three. Damn it! I said three. Three. Go right. Go. you boy and you got no balls i got a cup on of course he just came back from playing fucking football so he was okay with that whole thing either that or this is the birth of the king of sleaze and he realized that hey i have power power of the cock but he was wearing a cup so i don't know if the power is all there and i don't think this is an origin story one of these days we're gonna figure out what the origin story of the king of sleaze was i can only hope that i'll never know Anyway, so Michael walks off and Billy yells at him, tells him about 15 fucking times that he's going to kill him. So it makes me wonder, is he going to kill him? I don't know. Maybe he's going to kill him. And we fade over and we see that, you know, well, before we fade over, I should say, he goes up to Tammy and Tammy's just like, no. And then she runs away from Michael after Michael has one handedly beat down Billy literally one-handedly beat him down and well with a little help from the cops i guess because they kind of like tore oh thinking about that again that's another thing where like you think about it for a second and you're getting somebody like it's a vice grip on your fucking nads and then somebody just rips that hand away that's terrible and then at the same time how did billy not know that he was grabbing a cup like, has he never felt balls before? He never went to down to his own nether regions and washed them? And like, oh, okay, like, they're squishy. Man, he's got really hard balls. Come on, dude. Like, you didn't realize what was going on? Well, I guess he could have been wearing a soft cup. So there still would be something that you would feel. But at the same time, it would be, like, not as painful, I guess, to uh, to Michael over here. I don't know. I think it would be worse if it was a soft cup. Because you'd still have him grabbing on the balls. But I guess when he pulled off, he would have pulled off the cup rather than the balls. But nonetheless, Billy should be realizing that he's not grabbing a goddamn set of testicles or somebody's dick. He's grabbing a fucking jock strap. Which again, if he's playing football, that's got to be a hard jock strap. Not necessarily a soft one. Though... I don't know. Maybe it's a soft one. Who knows? I only play baseball. And baseball, you could wear either. So what do I know? So he tries to go over to Tammy. Tammy runs away. And that's when we fade over to uh, meeting, for the first time, the good doctor. Now, the doctor here and his last name, I would totally butcher. It's like Wachkanowski or something like that. Nonetheless, he's just going to be the fucking doctor and his assistant, the hoe. I mean... Whatever the fuck her name is, the hoe. Who has the worst fucking outfits in this movie? Honestly, at the same time, they're kind of interesting. Uh, At the other time, it's like, really? Um, She wears this one outfit where it's like this dress, but she's got these like spirals on her boobs. So basically like her boobs out, but it's not out at the same time. It's weird. And you would think when you look at her, especially in one of the later scenes, you'd be like, huh? 
you're not really a nurse or an assistant, are you? Um, no. And then there is a little joke that's been like kind of made about that later on. But what I will say in the beginning, I did not like this character. Honestly, right away, I'm like, man, especially in this scene, like he's trying too much. It's like trying to be funny, but it's not quite funny. And he's like weird without being really weird. I, I just don't know. And I don't really get it. But as the movie moved on, he actually became like my favorite character in the movie. Honestly, these two make up a lot of the funny stuff that happens in the movie. And actually, they seem to be taking the roles relatively seriously. And I will say, overall, I think everybody that's in this movie, it's not really tongue-in-cheek. Like, haha, Dinosaur has kids' brain put into it, and this is ridiculous. Oh my god, I'm just going to do this as a paycheck. To where it seems like a lot of the people that are doing the roles in this movie, especially since some of them... You know, it basically is like their first role in the film. They're having fun with the roles and they're enjoying the time they're doing it. Like, especially the kid that, or not, I shouldn't say kid, but the actor that uh, was in Children of the Corn, I think that he's got some of the best reactions and some of the best acting in the movie for the little scenes that he's actually in than some of the other characters. But even the sheriffs are kind of cool, or the deputies, I should say. And the sheriff, you know, he does a good job of being, you know, it all being ridiculous at the same time. He's like, well, shit, it's real. Uh, <laughs> and even Byron, to an extent. The only person that I don't like a whole lot is Denise Richards, because even Paul Walker is not terrible and especially when you figure out how young he is and that this is i believe his first film or one of his first films that's out there it's not bad it's actually pretty good for what he does and he's not in it for very long to be honest with you so let's go ahead and have a quick look and listen in on them powering up the t-rex for the very first time lights now let me see Move. <laughs> the eyes! How about those babies? Beautiful. Beautiful! Hands! It's mouth! Of a stupid computer. No. 
life and my love will give you that freedom. I will give you everything. I will give you a brain. I will give you immortality. So it's, like I said, super cheesy. Okay, the whole thing. And you get a good look at the T-Rex right away. So it's not a real dinosaur, right? Okay, let's get that. I mean, it is, it isn't, but it's it's a mechanical T-Rex. Basically, what he wants to do is he wants to put a brain inside of the mechanical T-Rex because he feels that'll, one, make people live forever. Two, it'll also be able to, like, you know, they can control it in some way and give the actual machine free will if it has a brain. It's explained a little bit later in the film when they're trying to put the the brain actually inside of the T-Rex. But it's not just moving, like... It seems like they don't want to just do it only with dinosaurs like they would do with the other robots. And it doesn't make any sense why the first time that you're going to do this, you're going to use a T-Rex. Like, wouldn't you use something smaller? Like, wouldn't you use like a, you know, T-1000 or something like that? Put a human brain in one of those and everything would be okay. But instead, you got to use a giant 12-foot fucking monster from the Paleolithic. Ah, oh, fucking A. That's not the Loch Ness mon- No, no, no. It's not asking for tree fitty. So... Basically, you get a run-through of all of its, like, functions. And it's so ridiculous. There's so many ridiculous things that go on in this scene. The strength test with the arms. And this is going to be a running fucking thing with this movie. That this T-Rex has longer arms than it actually has, okay? Like, it's fucking Stretch Armstrong that's actually inside of this thing. Because it can somehow get so close to certain things. So when Carl goes over there and he holds up a barbell with a couple of weights attached to it so the dinosaur can show its strength, like, the T-Rex arms are there, but then all of a sudden it's perfectly able to go grab the fucking barbell and then toss it across the room over at the good doctor over there, to which, you know, the assistant is laughing because the whole idea is he thinks that his computer is better than a brain. Right? So he's basically, I'll show you how strong this thing is. And so, okay, I can forgive that. I totally can. But the next one, I really can't forgive. He tests the strength of the teeth. And what does he do? He gives him a log to bite through. <laughs> it's so terrible. I will say that the T-Rex looks fucking great. Okay? It's the best thing in this movie. Like, the best, like, looking prop that they've got. Yeah, are there some cheesy things with it? Of course. And for the most part, it doesn't walk around on its own. And if there are travel shots, it's all from the waist up. Because it's better to look at T-Rex titties than to look at T-Rex ass. I'm just saying. So, when it actually... When he puts the log in the mouth, okay? And he says, test the teeth. And they go to show that it's been bitten down on... It perfectly breaks in the center and just falls out of the mouth. And he's like, yes, the teeth are a success. And what? No, they're not. You put a fucking piece of driftwood or termite wood in his fucking mouth. And somebody clicked the button and it just fell apart. Or somebody pulled the rope that you didn't see and it just separated from itself. It didn't bite down. Like, it would have bit down on something. Like, if they had done it, and I get it, you know, budgets, 
everything like that effect, I'm fine with it. It's just so funny to see in the context of the movie because you would expect like the one piece to be like left in the center and then the two would like fall off from the sides and there are the strength of its teeth. It bit it right in the center and it basically spit out the middle part. Great. I would have been all right. Even if it was cheesy, it wouldn't fight. But here it's like it bites and it's perfectly in the center of the goddamn log. <laughs> That it bites through and it falls off onto the floor. So, yeah. So, he's happy. He's got this machine and everything's going to be right. And so, now we know that basically what the T-Rex looks like. And this is actually kind of cool. It's one of those situations where it's nice to see the actual thing it's going to be. Like, they're not trying to hide it. They're showing it right away. And like, like I said, it looks really fantastic. But... It's just, at the same time, I wish there was, like, an air of secrecy. Like, maybe he's working on it. You don't know exactly what he's going to put it into yet. You know, something that... And I think that's part of what this movie is missing sometimes. Is I wish certain things were held off and they moved too fast. But at the same time, I'm also kind of, like, happy, I guess, that you would say uh, that this was actually seen at this point in the film. So it's like a win-lose, basically, what's going on here for me. So from here, we cut over and we go back and we see that Michael, he's holding a bracelet in his hand and he's a little sad because, you know, he didn't get to go hang out with his girl and have the possibility, even though she's going to the party, you know, that he's supposed to go to. I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend or at some point in time that there's going to be a party in the next couple of days. Who knows? We don't know. All we know is that there's a party coming. And so he knows that she's going to go, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if Billy is going to be an obsessive fucking dick and she's just going to be like, I don't want you to get hurt, so I'm going to keep you far away from me. You know, I would be sad if he was him too, because that means you're not going to get any type of play. And in high school, that's kind of what you want, right? You know, for the most part, your hormones are going and you see every little thing and you're sitting at your desk. And then all of a sudden you can't get up for a little while, even though the teacher says the time in the class is over. You got to make sure go home. You're like, uh, can I sit here? Can you give me detention for like five minutes? Just because, you know, Sally over there, she just happened to wear that skirt today. And, you know, it didn't quite drape over the way the chair that it should have. So I was staring at her panties the entire time that you were talking and... This is a little bit too much information, I think, so we're going to just move on to the whole next thing that's going on. So he's pining over there, and what happens, but he gets a phone call, and it's from Tammy. And she's calling to apologize, and also to maybe get him what he really wants. Hello? Michael? Yeah? I'm sorry I ran away today. I just couldn't stand it. That's okay. How are you doing? Fine, I guess. Mm. What are you doing right now? Just lying here. I want you to come over. What happened? I, I just want to be with you. I need you. I'm tired of being alone. I just want you here with me right now. Okay. All right, I'm on my way. Wait, Michael. Just don't let my parents see, okay? Okay. Go to the window by the driveway. That's my room. All right, all right. All right, bye. Wait, wait. And don't park out in front. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm on my way. Okay. All right, bye. 
Yeah, what do you think I am? Some type of, like, stupid kid that's going to park in a very obvious area that everybody knows they're going to see me in. And then maybe your ex is going to show up because he's going to find out that I'm there and he's going to come after me. And I'm not going to be, like, super close to the house or anything like that, that I could just jump in my car and get away. I mean, come on. What do you take me for? I'm just a fucking little kid, man. I'm a teenager. And, of course, before he leaves, he grabs his only condom that he has. Like, how do you only have one? Okay, maybe I get it. But you could always stop by, like, a 7-Eleven or something, and they'll fucking sell you a condom. I mean, like, a pack of three, pack of four. Because you think you're only going to do it one time if this is the first time that you're doing it with somebody? No. It's going to be over in, like, five seconds. Of course, unless he's going to fucking, like, you know pre-jizz or something like that and he's just gonna get it all over the fucking place and he's gonna cry and he's gonna walk out the window in shame because oh my god i can't believe that it's gonna happen it's never happened to me before because this has never happened to me before uh you know you're gonna fucking go for five minutes not not maybe not five minutes 30 seconds the first time and then you're gonna need to refill up once again because you can't use the same thing unless he's really thinking about using the same fucking condom and then that's fucking disgusting but Nonetheless, he thinks that he's going to go get lucky, so he makes sure he gets his condom. So at least he's being safe. But he goes over to the house, and he pulls up in front of the driveway first. And then she's like, don't park in front of the house, and don't let my parents know that you're going to be there. So when you stop in front of the driveway for like five seconds, and your truck is probably pretty loud, even though I'm pretty sure it's just being pulled, you're not actually driving the thing, that's why it's not making any noise. But that thing's got to be fucking loud, because that looks like an F-150, some old piece of shit. Like an old, like, 1980s truck. I'm not saying that F-150s are pieces of shit. I'm just saying that it doesn't look like it's been kept up very well. And it's brown, so it looks like a piece of shit. But, you know, he pulls up, and what does he do? Oh, he doesn't park in front of her parents' house. Oh, no, 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 no. He parks in front of their neighbor's house, right at the edge of the driveway. What? And then the parents, they don't have any other cars there. There's no car. I guess maybe they're in the garage. Okay, I'll give them that. But I would assume that at least one of them was parked on the street or parked in the driveway. Not everybody likes to park in the fucking garage, but I guess they do in this family. So, okay, that's the way it's going to go. But he's still parked out in front of her parents' house. Not technically, okay? If you're going to tell me technically, you know, that she's not, or he's not parked in front of the fucking house, I get it. But he's basically parked in front of the fucking house. If he's parked in front of the neighbor's house, right next to the goddamn driveway, you know, it's so ridiculous. So, he gets out of the car, and he walks up to the, you know, house, and then he figures out where that he needs to go by saying her name out loud. Again, why? Oh, her parents must be the most deaf motherfuckers that ever fucking lived. Especially when they totally are okay with the reasons that they give for shit happening anyway. Because nobody in this movie is a good fucking liar at all. And especially Tammy. Tammy is one of the worst fucking liars that you're going to hear about in the entire fucking movie. But nonetheless, he manages to go upstairs. And of course, what's the first thing that he does? Makes a lot of noise, which does draw the attention of the family. But... <laughs> Tammy's great lie is able to get them to uh, turn the other cheek. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh 
Hello? Oh, hi, Dad. Your dad? I'm sorry. I knocked my dictionary over. I'm doing my homework up here. Okay. I love you, too. Good night. Your dad? <laughs> Come up here before you knock something else over. Oh, my gosh. so paranoid. Can you lock the door? Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I'm gosh. glad you're here. Yeah, me too. I think. <laughs> Why don't you take your jacket off? Yeah. Oh, wait. I have something for you. Thank you. Okay. So her excuse to her dad is... I was studying and I knocked my dictionary over. What the fuck? Who are you as a fucking father that doesn't hear all the fucking commotion that's going on upstairs? And then just is like, oh, okay, you dropped your dictionary. Ooh, ooh, this is the best thing that it's going to be. And, you know, my little girl is totally a fucking angel. Meanwhile, she's got her boyfriend up there and you're not even going to go up there to check. You're just going to fucking call her. And then she has her own fucking phone number. It's not like the house fucking line where it's all connected like what we had when I was growing up. Yeah, there were two fucking phones, but one of the fucking phone lines was the only phone line in the fucking house. You can answer it from this room or you can answer it from that room. That's all you fucking got. It's so ridiculous that the father is just like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll totally accept that and doesn't go upstairs to check in the fucking room at all. I'm pretty sure the fathers that I know, if they heard a bunch of commotion coming from their daughter's bedroom in the middle of the fucking night and things sounded like there were more than one pair of fucking feet upstairs, they would be inside that bedroom, not asking any questions, not figuring out what the fuck is going on. They would be there beating the shit out of this boy that just happened to show up. Well, maybe not beating the shit out of the boy. Maybe sternly talking to or scaring the living shit out of this boy that just suddenly showed up in their daughter's bedroom. Because you don't know what the hell is going on. And if you, you know, really care about your child's well-being for that point in time, I would assume that you would be up there right away. But nope, she's studying and she dropped her fucking dictionary. Oh, okay, that's the best fucking thing that, you know, excuse I've heard all day. Oh, so fucking ridiculous. So Michael's up there and they start getting hot and heavy. And it looks like everything's going to be going the way that Michael wants it to go. But who happens to show up other than Billy? And Billy is going to ruin the fucking day and just be the biggest fucking cock block that Michael has ever seen. And when I mean the biggest, I mean the absolute biggest in his whole fucking life. Who is it? Oh, God, it's Billy. Oh, just call the police. Oh, I'll handle this myself. God damn it. What is that? from this guy. Michael, I don't want my parents to know. Just go. You sure you're going to be okay? Yes, just go. Get out of here. Okay. Bye.
Come and get you, asshole! Get the cars now! How could you do this? You're mine. Don't you know you're mine? I'll be back. All right? I'm coming back. Come on, man. Billy! Please, you've got to wait! No, it's a gang game! So the dad just doesn't call the cops. He opens the door for fucking Billy. You know that this is the dick, abusive ex-boyfriend, and I get it, all right? But you're not the angry dad, so you're not going to intimidate this guy at fucking all. In fact, it would be like me opening the door for some, like, gangster guy if I had a daughter. And be like, come on, guys. You know you need to not be here. You're not supposed to. And then they fucking run me over. Just like they've done to Tammy's dad right here. Like, he literally opens the door and they just start bounding past him. He's like, hey, wait, oh, what? Like, it's a really stupid comedy routine that he's got going on in this situation. And so they bound upstairs and that's where they find, like, nobody's there but his right-hand man, Weasel, which is played by Sean Whalen. And I don't know if I said the guy, I said I probably wouldn't remember the guy's name. But I looked something else up while one of the clips was going on and then remembered him. And you might remember him best for People Under the Stairs. That's where I recognize him from. But... He's like, oh my god, his jacket. So they know what his jacket is. And she doesn't do a good job at all of hiding anything. Like, she could have thrown it under the bed. And all they had to do was rip off the sheets, and there's the fucking jacket. Like, they didn't have... She didn't do anything good for Michael to stall for time. If you were really worried about Michael, you would have spent as much time as possible trying to make sure he gets to his goddamn car, or that, you know, somebody on the outside sees him and then says, he's out here! At least at that point, it would have given him enough time to just get the fuck out of there. And I mean, again, he was already found out kind of stupidly because one of the girls that super super into Billy and wants to bang his fucking brains out. Like she's the one that catches him sneaking into the bedroom at night, not the fucking parents. And so she decides, well, like the girl in the car, she's like, well, do we tell the parents? And she's like, no, we tell Billy. And like, bitch, you're just trying to get into the pants. And maybe I kind of commend you for it. If you think that's the way that it's going to go. But everything that happens to fucking Michael is on your fucking head, even though she doesn't really seem to care. But you know, maybe something's going to happen to her later on, the movie or something. So instead of trying to jump into his truck and get away, which I think might have been the smartest way to do it, I get it. This is, you know, back in the early 90s where if he went over to the car, it's not automatically going to open up like it does with our smart keys now. You know, we don't have to take the stupid thing out of your pocket or anything like that. He's going to have to take his key out, open the door, close it. But those doors are also heavy steel. And he'd be able to start the damn truck up before they could smash any windows and drag him out of the fucking truck. He'd be able to drive off with Billy on the side. So maybe he only gets in a car accident instead of what actually happens to him. Or he's just able to get away at the same time because they're not able to drive after him like fast enough. So instead of... (laughs) And this is ridiculous, too. Instead of jumping in the truck, he decides to outrun him, which he does for the most part. He outruns, like, four cars, maybe three, but he outruns them. It's amazing. I guess he was fast and furious back then as he was later in his career because it's amazing that they didn't just run him over right away when he was trying to get through a couple different areas. So he ends up in a park, and it's ridiculous because... 
I think that he ends up back in the same place again. Like, oh, we're going somewhere else because we're showing us drive off, but then we're going to drive back in at the same exact spot. But he's basically chased down. He's eventually hit in the back with a baseball bat. And then he's beat up by Mr. Uh, Billy over here. And that's where we realize that, yeah, Billy is just a bit obsessed with Tammy. What would you do if someone screwed your old lady and you had the power to do whatever you wanted, that fucker? Huh? What would you do? Billy, it's not even about you anymore, man. She's finished with you. It's over. You want a bad asshole? Put him in the trunk. I'll teach this fucker a lesson I'll never forget. You fucking asshole. You better not tell anyone we did this. What do you think you're going to do to him? I don't know. Billy looks pretty mad. Billy looks mad, but he's also pretty fucking stupid at the same time. Because, bro, she ain't fucking yours anymore. She's busy with him. Just fucking move on. And there's a pretty attractive blonde girl right there that wants to jump your fucking bones. But you're too fucking obsessed with Tammy. And honestly, I would rather go after her than Tammy. Because Tammy's got those lips. And she always looks like she's got a fucking sad face on her fucking face. Is that what fucking turns you on? I mean, I get it. Some people might consider those to be DSLs. But, uh... I just couldn't look at somebody that constantly looked like they were holding in a fucking fart all the time. Like this other girl, at least she wants to do some fun stuff. She's cool with the dancing and she's all happy all over the place. And, you know, she's dressing in her badass punk type of way. I'd totally go after that rather than fucking Tammy. Like, why? Just fucking get over it. You got a couple days to deal with the fact that she doesn't want to be with you anymore because you're controlling obsessive fucking dick. But at the same time, you got this other girl that's totally cool with you being that. You can be an obsessive fucking dick about her and everything would be fine because she's totally down with the bad shit that you do. So they throw Michael in the trunk of Billy's car and then they drive off. And they manage to break into basically like a wildlife sanctuary, which looks like the same fucking park that they were in before. And they <laughs> bring him to an open area just a little bit past where all the fucking lions and everything are. Basically, they're in the cat cage. And if we know anything about big cats, they're just like small cats. And they're pretty much big fucking dicks for the most time. Even though most of us pretty much like them and we think they're cute and cuddly. We just want to rub their little bellies and everything like that. But yeah, they're probably just going to beat the shit out of you. Especially if they're much bigger than you. They're going to think that, you're hey, we're just having fun. Fuck your face and fuck your neck. You know, that's just the way that it's going to be. So... He basically drags Michael out of the car, and then he gives him a little bit of what he's been thinking lately. You know, I've been thinking things over. It's not always good to do what comes naturally. So you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to let you go, asshole. So what do you say? Thanks. What? What was that? Thank you. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Next time, I'll fucking kill you, man. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> so they all decide to drive off, and Weasel says, Hey, you gonna tell him where he's at? He's like, Nope, he's gonna figure these things out. And that's when he does figure out exactly what's going on, that he's been left inside of a cat cage, basically, 
as there's a cheetah that's around that starts stalking him. And then there's a lion that starts coming after him. So the lion's running after him. He, you know, being fast in the car, he should be, be a lot faster than that pussycat right there. And he manages to jump into a tree, but there's a panther up there, which knocks him down. And then the lion chases him a little further. And the lion finally catches up and begins mauling him. There's a game warden that comes by and he stops the mauling from happening by shooting the fucking lion. You would think that he'd have like a tranquilizer gun or something to stop the lion. But no, he gets out of his giant fucking rifle and then just puts a couple of caps in that lion's fucking ass over there. Teach you to try to kill Michael with your damn cat claws and everything like that. So even though now he's been saved by the game warden, he's now been put into a coma. Somehow, some way, somewhere, Tammy has learned that now he's in the hospital and goes to find him with her friend Byron, who discovers that he is knocked out in a coma. And then we have Billy coming by, trying to again control Tammy one more time, but she finally fights back. Could you tell me what your Michael Brockinson, please? Uh, uh, Just a minute, please. Uh, uh, He's in intensive care. That's room 203 down the hall. Okay, thank you. Come on. Nice dance, let's go. Changing Dr. Piper. Please report to OR. Oh, my God. Oh. What did he do to you? What did he do to you? I'm okay. Now just go sit down. Who? Who is this? Uncle Bob, it's Michael's guardian. Hey, Uncle Bob. I know exactly how you feel. May I? Michael, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. I never should have asked you to come over. I love you so much. You can't blame yourself for lost passion, honey. Ooh! Ooh, it's the beast! It's the beast! Run, beauty, run! Get out of here. I'm not leaving her alone with you. You little shit. Hey, leave him alone. Don't you think you've done enough already? What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Leave us alone. Come on, come with me now. What is wrong to you? You just do what I tell you. No! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Bitch! Don't you dare touch her off. Scratch your fucking eyes. We mean it, you little weasel. You okay, boss? I'll get you for this, bitch. You're gonna pay for this. You're gonna pay for this. You need a wheelchair? Are you fucking nuts? They're too small. (laughs) (laughs) So it takes your boyfriend going to a fucking coma because he's gotten the shit beat out of him and mauled by a lion to finally stand up to your ex-abusive fucking boyfriend after you've left him and you're so worried about everything. Yeah, okay, that's not fucked up at all in any way, shape, or fucking form. It's so ridiculous to me that... Like, this was her character progression. And honestly, she has really weird character progression in this movie. Like, she goes from being, like, timid to all of a sudden being sure of herself and being totally, like, you know, okay with everything and fighting back to being sad to being happy to being sad and not really doing anything 
with her character. Like there, there really doesn't feel like there's any giant growth for that character. Where I feel like Byron, honestly, and maybe I shouldn't be expecting it from this type of movie, but I kind of half-heartedly do because they're going things like through things that are trying, and you normally wouldn't have to go through something like this. I get it, guy being put into a dinosaur's body. I, yeah, okay, it's a little silly, and maybe it doesn't even be so serious. But the way they kind of treat things later on, it's really weird that we don't have some type of growth for him, or I should say for her. When I'm thinking, especially when I'm saying him, Byron actually is the one I feel that actually gets quite a bit of growth because he actually becomes more than what we're kind of led to believe, like the gay best friend. You know, that's about it that he's got going for him. But honestly, he goes against his dad and he's kind of upset where things lead him and he actually does more than he needs to do, I think, for this type of movie. So it's just kind of a weird situation when you think of her and the fact that it takes your boyfriend getting basically killed for you to finally fight back against the guy that's been tormenting you a while and you just kick him squat in the nuts and then that clip you hear like it repeats for a second i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get you or whatever the fuck you said that's really the movie and there's a lot of scenes that have little things like that and you'll hear little weird jumps it truly is the audio of the movie not necessarily the recording that i did of that you know that audio so now that she's all sad and well now she's all empowered i should say that she's beat the crap out of her abusive ex-boyfriend we now are introduced once again to the doctor and assistant who are coming into the hospital to meet with None other than Roger Lodge in a very minor role uh, where he's going to explain about this patient that he has he wants them to see. And they're going to figure out that this might be the perfect patient to get to continue on with their experiment. Thank God I found you. Yes. You know the patient that I spoke to you earlier about? Yes, yes, I do. Sir, he's right around the corner. Right here? Oh. The victim of a vicious lion attack. Really? Oh, my. Yes, it's awful. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no cranium damage. Mm-hmm. But he's been comatose for over 15 hours. Any injuries to the upper spinal region? None that we know of, sir. Okay, well, I will check him out and uh, see what I can do. God bless you, doctor. Mm-hmm. By the way, how's that latest experiment here? I'm glad you asked that, because I think I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. Do you mind? Oh, not at all. Thank you, in fact. Helga? Hello. Hi. My name is Dr. Walkenstein. I am a visiting neurosurgeon specializing in severe comatose conditions. Oh. And this is my nurse, Helga. Helga, would you check the uh, patients for his vital sign, please? Yes, doctor. Excuse me, didn't I see you in a movie? Which movie? You didn't see that one. And you? Oh, are you a patient or a relative? No, I'm his girlfriend. He doesn't have any family, just his guardian, Uncle Bob, over there. Jim? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Helga, did you hear that? This is his only living a relative. Oh, sad. You know, I'm going to try everything I can to help bring your friend back. And possibly you could help me with that. Okay, how? Well, well, in cases of severe comas, we not only treat the body, we also treat the psyche of the patient, you see. So you must tell me everything you know about them. For example, for example, was he a well-adjusted person? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Any, any any fits of anger or depression? No. Doctor, doctor, we have a big problem here. Yes, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, stop. Yes, his heart has stopped. Resuscitate, Elder. No, Michael, no! Oh, mommy. If he wakes up now, he's going to have a heart attack. We should. Oh. Live! Live! 
Yeah, sure, because you can totally trust a doctor that goes and just pounds on the chest of the damn patient while the, you know, the assistant, quote unquote, assistant there, she just lightly breathes into his mouth. And you can see her the entire time. He's doing a pretty good job of distraction, honestly, with this scene, because he's drawing her attention away from what the helper, Olga, over there is actually doing, or whatever the fuck her name is. Um, you know, Horga, I guess you could fucking call her. But maybe she's not a whore, but maybe she is. Who knows? I'm not going to judge anybody pre... Oh, I guess I am kind of judging. But anyway, so <laughs> she's busy, like, messing with, like, the, uh, whatever the life support thingy is that basically monitors, or the heartbeat monitor, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but <laughs> she's messing with it so that it's basically severed, so it looks like he's gone into cardiac arrest, and then he's just like, live, live. And, like, pounding on his chest and and doing all this stuff. And it's just, like, that's not going to fucking work. Like, even if you were a young, stupid girl like fucking Tammy is here, you would realize that there's that's not the way that you do it. You don't jump on somebody's fucking body and start punching them in the fucking chest. Oh, that's how we're going to kickstart your fucking heart here. No, we're going to go out and we're going to play some fucking crew. That's what we're going to do. That'll wake him up and get him going and running him around. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. That's doesn't really work either huh well you would do cpr in the normal fucking way because that's the only way that you'd be able to do it and that definitely isn't the way that you're going to do it in this situation so it's it's ridiculous because he's asking questions also that are kind of weird at the same time but they're phrased in a way that they might not be weird like us as an audience we know that what he's going to do right he's here to fucking get that juicy fucking brain and put it in that fucking juicy fucking t-rex over there and you know he's asking questions basically he's trying not to make a frankenstein mistake here and put an abby normal brain inside of this t-rex so he gets the fucking questions right you know is there anything wrong with him does he have any anger issues has he ever lashed out anybody uncontrollably no cool this is the kid that we fucking want we're just gonna make sure we steal him which once they find out that he's quote-unquote dead both denise richards and Byron, Tammy and Byron, they both faint. And they're on the floor, and then that's the perfect opportunity to go and fucking steal the body. Like I said earlier, I do really like the joke that they have here about what this lady did in the past. And haven't you seen you in a movie? You wouldn't have seen that movie. So, hey, it's actually pretty goddamn good. Uh, so, he leaves his assistant to go through and take the lady... Take the lady... Take... Michael out of the room. I'm going to leave that one in. And so she does. She unhooks him. She starts moving him towards the car. And I guess he's like distracting the doctor to make sure that he doesn't come and check on the patient anymore. But he knows that he looked at the patient, right? It's just really weird. And also he figured out because he has nothing but his drunk fucking uncle over there to basically protect him that it doesn't fucking matter. And the uncle does wake up when they're wheeling him out of the room, but he's just like... I'm too drunk to figure this out. Goes right back to sleep. Uh, and then she's like crashing all of the hallway. And how does nobody, and I mean nobody, 
fucking notice what she's fucking doing. There's even the lady in the front, like, you know, Byron tells the lady, I like your nails. And when they first meet the lady in the front, she's like, I hate your nails. And the lady's like, fuck you. You know, you don't like these fucking things. And she doesn't even fucking notice what's going on. Of course, she also doesn't notice the guy that's basically bleeding at the edge of the counter that just fucking collapses for comedic effect. But still, nobody tries to stop her. She's wheeling it towards outside. The guy is obviously in a fucking coma or he's knocked out or some shit. But nope, she's able to get him outside. And once she does, they, you know, basically finalize the plan of stealing poor Michael here. But he does manage to wake up just for a moment. You are an angel, Helga. <laughs> Delivering this fine soul to our gentle, loving care. It looks like he's coming out of his well, coma. Put him back. Put him back. Tell me. Tell me, is that you? Ow, man, I hurt. Oh, don't worry. You'll feel all better soon. Oh, man, that feels good. Okay. <laughs> oh, that feels good. Yeah, good. Oh, he's such a sweet boy. Yes, he is. Yeah. Put him in. Quick, quick, quick. Come on. Oh, man. I just had the weirdest dream. I was in Kansas, and there's this tornado. Uh-huh. And you were there? I was, huh? Good. <laughs> and you were there? Hello, go. That's good. That's good. Into the car. Ah, hernia! Okay, cool. Okay. The Wizard of Oz joke kind of gets me. Like, I think the timing that Paul Walker had here in this scene, I think, is really excellent. It's decent comedy like it's funny but it's funnier because of the reactions that he has and the fact that he jumps up really fast and he's just like i had a dream i had left kansas and you were there and you were there and it's it's so fucking ridiculous but it's like it's random for the sake of being random which is not always my favorite thing when it comes to these types of movies so it just feels odd being in this little part of the movie as it is so they finally do manage to steal poor michael they get him into the car and they get him over to basically the lab of the good doctor here and now it's time to extract the brain for the t-rex one simple life sacrifice for the good of all mankind and us of course (laughs) scalpel please you know, I feel like Christopher Columbus on the verge of discovering a whole new world. <laughs> he thought he was in Asia. This is a much better place. Yowie! <laughs> oh, I love brains. <laughs> Softly, soft. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. What's happening? What's going on? Okay. You're going to traumatize his brain before we even get it. The human brain is a lot more resilient than you can think, huh, Bobby? It can repair itself, reprogram itself. It's even capable of deceiving itself, imagining that it's better than it is, just to please itself, huh? So now they're going to pull out the brain. And there's the running joke of the, you know... Poor Michael comes out of the coma and Helga just punches him right in the fucking face. Which, again, I think is actually pretty funny. Even though it's a little random at the same time. Uh, Then you've also got, you know, the little man over there. Then he's so upset that they're going to go through with the whole brain thing. You know, instead of using his computers. Because his computers are so much superior than the, the whole brain situation that we've got going on here. But the doctor does make a good point, and he makes a couple little interesting ideas that the brain is so reflective, it can heal itself, it can make it think itself is better than it actually is. 
I really like that fucking line that he uses because that is a perfect epitome of human society right there is that a lot of times some of us think that we're a lot better than we actually are. And most of us probably do that. Even some of us that, you know, don't think that they're that bad of a guy or sometimes maybe we do make mistakes that uh, we think that we're better than other people and maybe we shouldn't be. But our brain helps us believe that at the same time. So I really do like that little line. And it's a good little nugget. And I'm wondering how they squeeze that in there. And it feels like it's flyby, you know, type of information. But I don't think it's as bad as we were led to believe. So we have this now. We have him. And he's basically going in with the surgical saw. And honestly, if he woke up once again from being knocked out, when it happens, when he puts the saw to his head, he only puts the scalpel to his head. Like, I get it. After that, that's when actually kind of when he wakes up. And then he gets knocked out again. But the moment the fucking saw goes in there and starts opening up his brain, he's going to feel that shit and fucking wake up right away. You're saying that he was able to sleep through the whole fucking thing, even though he was able to wake up after the scalpel was going through his face? What type of punches does she fucking have? She's got magical, like, anesthetics-type punches where it fucking just stops everything. And it something ridiculous happens later on, but... We'll get there when we get to it. So he puts the, like, the table saw into the, uh, Michael's head and starts sawing at the brain and then blood just goes everywhere over the little guy right there. And it's not like, this is part of like the gore cut, in, in my opinion. Maybe it wasn't, cause I haven't seen the original cut, but in here it's just like, coming out like just water all over him it doesn't really look very good it's more like just like it's like a watercolor painting after he's done being sprayed with the blood and he's blocking it off with the metal tray and it's funny because it's excessive at the same time but it's still just a little bit faker than it needs to be and it's one of those situations where i start to think i'm like well if this is what the gore cut is going to be, and possibly it's going to be over the top or silly because that's the way they meant it to be. They meant it to be funny and ridiculous. But at the same time, like, I'm expecting it maybe to be a little more than it actually is. And we'll have to see what actually happens. So he manages to start once he gets the head open he starts poking at different points and different nerves inside the brain and shows what areas control what so he controls the foot he controls the hand and of course he controls his favorite part the dick and of course that's where everybody's mind's gonna go when they're playing with somebody's brain we're just gonna mess with his fucking libido and make sure that his dick goes up really high and honestly He's got a big fucking dick and no wonder fucking Tammy is like so obsessed with him or something because it goes up a good like 13, 14 inches or something. It seems like it's much bigger than it needs to fucking be for comedic fucking effect. Or maybe that's just when it like floats over the the fucking mechanism that they put in there. But yeah, that's the first thing that you're going to fucking play with. So they take out the brain without removing the brain stem or not like from the body they managed to remove the brain from the brain stem but i would assume that when you take it out you've got to take the stem with you and then disconnect it but i don't know i'm not a fucking brain surgeon nor am i trying to put somebody's brain in a giant fucking t-rex and you never know maybe that's going to be one of my future goals you know i'm going to create instead of a giant fucking t-rex i'm going to make a fucking woolly mammoth with a giant trunk because i want to see people being sprayed down by a hairy fucking beast i don't fucking know but i know that i'm probably going to end up taking out the spine like subject zero does when he kills somebody okay that's all i'm fucking saying but he manages to perfectly take it out 
And it's a perfectly preserved brain. And he moves it over into a little thing of water. And he starts connecting all the nerves directly to the T-Rex and begins trying everything out. Okay, Bobby, you ready to go? Selection grid. Activated. Okay, now this should be the upper left forelimb. <laughs> it's working fine, Doctor. Good, good. Go. Yes, Doctor. See if there's any movement in the right leg down there. Nothing seems to be working. No, no. Okay, how about now? (laughs) Yes, doctor, it's working. That's good, that's good. All right. Now, this should be the optic nerve. But that's it. Now you can see again. You can live again. But this time... Speak to me! Success! <laughs> so everything has been properly worked out. Everything's been connected. And now they can control the fucking dinosaur with the brain of Michael. So they're ready to install it. And they basically celebrate... By forcing, you know, poor Bobby and Carl over here to clean up everything, to send the, the, you know, poor kid back over to the morgue and to basically order a pizza. And because, you know, Bobby's hungry, even though he calls him an asshole, he's like, no, 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 uh, I, you didn't hear me. You must have heard my stomach rumble. Yeah, that's the ticket. So they order the pizza. And this is where I was very surprised. And I had to look it up right away because I recognized him right away. And I've already recognized a couple of different people, like I said, from this movie, but they go and order the pizza. And in my mind, I'm like, this really sucks because that's going to be the first guy to fucking die is going to be the pizza man, right? Because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just bring the pizza man in? Nobody's there. Awakens the T-Rex. The T-Rex doesn't know what's going on. And then he eats the first person that he sees. But it's not quite like that. Like, I really thought it was going to be, like, a run amok type of T-Rex. Like, eventually he's going to get as obsessed with Tammy as Billy was, and there's going to be this, like, duality between the two. Like, because he only, that was the last thing they remembered, and being put inside the T-Rex has really fried his mind, and blah, 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 blah. But that's not the way it is. He basically just kind of scares the pizza delivery guy. And what I'm saying is funny is that the pizza delivery guy is played by Efren Ramirez. If you don't know who that is, that is Pablo from Napoleon Dynamite. He was also in the two Crank movies as him, as one character, and then his twin brother in Crank 2 High Voltage, uh, which may be a set of movies that I want to do someday on this podcast if I ever do like a, a stupid action month or something like that at some time soon. But it's uh, it's really fucking ridiculous to see him. And I'm like, this has to be like one of his first fucking roles. And it turns out this was his first role, at least his first credited role in a movie as listed on IMDb. I don't know if he's done other little things or did stuff as a kid that he didn't really get any type of recognition for. But here, this was like his first, first role, according to that. And it's just, I'm like, no, why are you going to kill him, like, right away? Like, why are you going to do that? And then they don't. They just scared the shit out of him. And he gets, like, one line, hey, pizza, oh my god, what's that? Oh! And then runs away. 
uh, and that's when Bobby and Carl come back because they see the Pete's there. Bobby, you know, he's basically saying what they've got to do. Carl's like, well, you owe for the pizza. You owe five bucks. Even though they didn't pay anybody, wouldn't you just been like, that's free unless he paid over the phone or something like that? But otherwise, he's just getting free five fucking dollars and nobody paid for the fucking pizza that's on the goddamn floor, by the way. And so they start to... You know, wonder what might be going on with the dinosaur. And Carl goes away, says, okay, go ahead, take care of it. Put the guy back together. And as Bobby starts basically stapling the skull back together, the T-Rex comes to life. And that's where we get the first blood of the T-Rex. So, what do you think? Artistic, eh? All right. There's no way you're going to be better than my computer man. I'm a T-Rex. T-Rex want a cracker? Hear me in there? Hello? Anybody home? I don't think so. Stupidest idea I've ever heard of. Okay, before somebody comes after me, I realize it's not Pablo, it's Pedro. So don't write me angry tweets. Don't write me angry letters. Don't hit up the Instagram. It's fucking Pedro. Vote for fucking Pedro, not Pablo. Now that we're past that, I love the way the scene turns out. It's so ridiculous. But I really love how the guy that plays Bobby, and I'm sorry, I didn't look up his name, but how he does the scene. Like, he's having a lot of fun with it. It's great. And the fact that he's like, he's sneering, he's like, oh, this is the stupidest idea in the world. What are you going to do? And he starts making with the little T-Rex arms and everything. And then he like laughs and he walks away. And then, of course, Michael grabs him by the head, rips off his head, and then the body just runs like a chicken with its head off, runs off into the distance. And it's fucking hilarious. So, first blood has been struck. Bobby's now fucking dead on the ground. And the T-Rex is just standing there. Carl comes in, calls out to Bobby, looks over, sees that basically the body is there. Like the body of Michael with his head all stapled together. But he can't seem to find Bobby anywhere because Bobby run into a, a whole thing of boxes or whatever. The fuck, however he got off the screen. So, you see Carl now looks over and that's when... You know, Michael, the T-Rex, comes to life and starts walking after Carl, and he basically gets his second blood. You're not supposed to be awake yet. You're not supposed to be moving. Stop. Bobby, you doing this? I'm warning you. I'm a black Number five and the seven 
Okay, so the whole scene is fucking ridiculous. First, damn it, Carl, I can't believe you went and got yourself fucking squished. Like, the effect is okay. It's <laughs> There's so many things that are terrible in this scene that I, I cannot even begin. I don't even know where to begin. I guess that's the right words that I was trying to say <laughs> just a second ago. <laughs> but first, there are the legs. <laughs> okay. Like I said, when most of the time it's being shot like walking around, it's above the legs because the legs don't fucking move. Like, it's pretty obvious that they're basically just kind of moving it along and maybe they're using, like, a miniature figure of it and they're moving the legs back and forth very literally. Literally, if that's even a fucking word. But they're moving it very little uh, as it walks around when it's big and in a distance and it's green screened and it's obvious fucking green screen. Uh, but when it steps... Steps on poor Carl over here. I don't know if it's two men in a fucking suit, or it's just a guy wearing dinosaur shoes. Like fucking stay. They don't look that big. They look like they're really small for the size that this fucking dinosaur is. Like nothing is to scale whenever we look at anything, including his fucking hands. I the whole thing with the the lady, the gambler that she's like she makes sure she puts in her bet before everything goes to hell. That's fucking funny. I find that fucking hilarious. Uh, but just how ridiculous the feet look. When they're stepping on, then after she gets off the phone, then he dials fucking Tammy and he can reach the fucking phone booth. If he is 12 feet tall with fucking like five inch fucking arms, his pythons are more like like garden snakes, something up there. How can he bend over, reach to the phone, <laughs> dial perfectly with this one claw, pick up the phone? <laughs> And then hold it to wherever the fuck his ear is. How? How does he fucking do that? It's so fucking terrible and stupid. But it's fucking hilarious at the same time. Like, I I just can't understand what's going on here. Like, how does he have magical... Like, like I said, he's fucking Stretch Armstrong in that fucking body. Yeah, okay, he's mechanical dino, and that's how he's able to do it. But even from the angle, it, like, comes up from the bottom. That's not where it should be coming from the top, right? To go and press the buttons. But he's perfect. He's just do 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 You know, and then how does he not pay for the fucking payphone? Did he call or collect? You know, I had to go 1-800-COLLECT. Hey, I'm a dinosaur. Please come and see me. But instead, no, he can't even fucking say anything. He just roars right into the phone. <laughs> Pardon me. So, then some people from the bar come outside and they're like, oh my god, there's a dinosaur here. And the lady wants to take a fucking picture with it. And he's like, I think it's real. No, it's not. It's not real. No, you're ignorant. And... It, like, he looks up and then he makes a move and then they get scared and they run off and he goes off. And that's where we cut over and we, you know, we see that Tammy is now at the party and she's pretty upset, but she managed to go out because she needs to be with friends, needs to get something to drink, get trashed, even though her boyfriend is now dead. And, you know, Byron explains to her that, you know, 
Time's going to heal all runes. We also see that one of the girls that's inside of the car with the other chick that wants to fuck Billy, that she's going to go over to Tammy and she's going to apologize because she honestly still feels bad and she knows exactly what happened. Hi, Tammy. I'm so sorry about what happened. Such a terrible accident. Just the worst. It wasn't an accident, Michelle. Well, sorry anyway. What was that bitch doing here? She's just trying to say she's sorry. And she's a little late for that. I see what I brought you kamikaze with a vodka chaser. How you doing? I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this. You'll be okay. Time heals all wounds. You'll live to love again. So he's kind of right in a way, you know, that's like that philosophy that you should only spend so many days, you know, crying about a broken love. You know, maybe Billy needs to fucking understand that shit as well. But time eventually will heal all wounds. That much is true. And you can see that uh, Byron here, he really does care for her as a friend. And he's really trying to make sure that she's okay. And it's it's both sweet and terrible at the same time that the one girl, even though she knows what's gone on, like she still feels terrible that it even happened and didn't tell anything. So I cut her a little bit of slack and I have a feeling that's the reason why... You know, spoiler alert, nothing actually happens to her at the same time because she does feel remorse and they don't know anything else about it. Even though she was there and she could have stopped the whole thing from happening, you know, she didn't have to just be quiet. But, okay, I totally get that. So, you know, Tammy, you know, she ends up being then after this confronted by Billy who just still can't get over the fact that, you know what, she's just not that into you, okay? Just leave her the fuck alone. But of course, even after everything has been said and done, he's still trying to get up in that and control her. And again, she kind of fights back for herself. Yeah, Billy, you want to dance? Hey, I'll dance to you, baby. Uh, in your dreams. Oh, shady lady gets an attitude. Out of here. Sorry, Tammy. I can't believe you come here after what he's done. It's okay. I'll see you later. Hey, Tammy. Hey. Hey, look, all right? I just want to talk to you. I don't want to see you for the rest of my life, ever. Yeah, well, that's just me fine, bitch. Okay, who the fuck is that playing this fucking party? Is that Crucial Taunt? Is that who that fucking is back there? Because it sure as hell sounds like Tia Carrera singing. It's so fucking annoying. It's hella terrible. And if it's somebody that I know and I like, that's a terrible fucking song. I don't care. But, again, she's finally, like, standing up for herself because now her boyfriend is officially dead, technically. She doesn't really know that, but, you know, to her, he's completely toast, dunzo, you're never gonna fucking see him again. And so she's finally standing up to Billy, and Billy finally gets it. He's like, you know what? 
I don't need you anymore. I don't want you anymore. I don't have anybody anymore. <laughs> and then fucking, like, you know, the girl that wants to fuck him finally gets him to go out there and dance with her. And it's really funny because before this whole interaction happens, she's dancing with this fat guy. This, I mean, this big, big fucking guy on the dance floor. And I say bravo to you, sir. You give hope to the rest of us fat guys out there that a punk rock chick like this will dance with us as well. And she even tells him, I'll be back for you later. And then she goes over to fuck Billy. Like, just go with the fat guy. Don't fucking break off with him for the bad guy. You know, you don't need to do this type of bullshit. Just fucking go with it. Stay with Fatty. Fatty will treat you right. He'll keep you fucking warm at night, okay? So... She goes off with fucking Billy to go fuck Billy, and his buddy Weasel tries to go along at the same time, and of course, he's like, what are you doing, stupid? Like, why? He's like, I'm coming with you, because I'm trying to get up in there as well. You know, you ever heard of DP in the car? That's what we could be doing. And he's like, no, I'm the only one that gets to fuck her. And he's like, fuck. So he goes off to go take a piss out in the open, and that's where he finally notices this... 12-foot monster from the Paleolithic era standing outside there, and he just decides to fucking pee on top of him. And when he does, it makes me think, is he going to bite his dick off? Because he should. And if he has that much dexterity with his fucking hands, maybe he reaches down there and gets that old dick grabbing back in there and rips off Weasel's fucking schlong. Because Weasel is pissing right on him. That's just fucking rude. And so instead of doing either of those things, he, like, raises his, like, foot up and then claws at him and rips his guts out. And it looks terrible. I mean, it is it is super cheesy. It looks like he has, like, a garbage bag and he's all tied yellow and it's supposed to be his intestines, but it's way too high up. It's like coming out of his tits. Like, his man tits and then bleh, That's where my intestines came out it's so terrible but he does get his comeuppance and now weasel is fucking dead we go over to the car and we see that you know blonde girl and billy are finally getting it on and boy i mean you can tell that billy really has no self-esteem because the way that he talks while he's screwing the girl and that's when michael finally shows up and attacks them then attacks the rest of the party Get the police here now! I'm telling you now! 
here's my disappointment with this scene. Not in the fact that Michael's getting his revenge and everything, and he's, like, causing havoc and tearing people's heads off. He grabs her by the leg. He, you know, squishes some people under a car. Everything is fine. And it's all cheesy. Like, just like when Weasel fucking died, everything else is just as fucking cheesy. But it's the matter of the fact that it's happening so early in the film. Like, at this point, we're about, well, actually about mm, maybe 45, maybe 50 minutes into the film. Maybe. But we still have quite a bit of it left. In an hour and a half film, I really thought it was more going to just be about, like, the revenge he's going to get on these people. Maybe taking them out one by one, like, in situations Weasel's at one place and he kills him there and, and you know, Michael's at another. Maybe he kills him with the girl or whatever, but it's all about trying to find Tammy and then eventually he does and he's going to, like, attack her and he realizes who she is because he lost some of his humanity. I really thought that maybe we're going to go in that type of direction when I first kind of saw the trailers and thought about the movie. I didn't realize it was going to be this fucking quick. Like, it's it's not that quick when you think about it in the long run. She's like, oh, 45 minutes to 50 minutes in the movie. Oh, that's not that quick. But I just felt like we get to the scene, and then he kills fucking everybody. Everybody's just fucking dead. That's it. There's no more of those characters that bullied him, that caused him to die, that caused his brain eventually to be put into the body of the T-Rex. There's none of that. It's just really weird. But it's entertaining at least getting to this point. And I can see where everybody, like, not everybody, but some people may think that past this point it gets a little more serious. Because it kind of does. But it gets a little more lighthearted than this. Like, I was figuring that it was all going to be like, because it kind of got a little bit dark as they changed him into the dinosaur. And then maybe I thought, well, okay, some of the cheesy stuff that was happening and some of the comedic stuff that was happening would still carry, but it turned out to just be dark comedy. Like, it's cheerful, but dark at the same time. I'd be fine with that. And it doesn't really get back to being even remotely dark. It's just like, we're going to do this, he's going to get revenge, and then we're going to figure out the rest of the movie as we go. That's what it really feels like from this point on. But I do like the interactions between all of the characters here. We see Byron once again, you know, before everything stops, as Michael's running around the party, he gets knocked over and he gets it's like face to face with Michael. And Michael just picks him up, dusts his shoulder off. Come on, boy, dust your shoulder off. Um, and lets him leave. And he's just like, okay. And he runs off. And meanwhile, he kills everybody else. Like I said, he squashed some people into the car because they try to hide by going in the car and he's not stupid and he just jumps on the car and kills them. I also feel like if Michael was not an unstable guy, he would have just scared the shit out of everybody instead of going on a rampage. And ultimately, everybody's fucking killed, but he's like totally cool with the whole situation, which to me, is really weird at the same time. Like, why is it that all of a sudden he's they're like totally cool that he's killed all these people uh, because they all fucking deserved it or something like that? I, I really don't know. They don't really address that at all. So after he's attacked the party and everybody that's died that needs to die has died, we see the cops show up and we get to meet the sheriff of the town for the first time, who we learn a little later also happens to be Byron's father. My God. Get an ambulance down here. This is Sheriff Black, deputy. We need an ambulance down here right away. Over here, Sheriff. You're not going to believe this. What is it? 
God, is that Weasel? Yep. What's left of him? What do you got now? Well, it's awful hard to explain. Oh, sweet Jesus, it's a massacre. Is that his head? It ain't no watermelon. I think that's his nose. It looks like he's been bleeding too. <laughs> I'll bet he don't even bait his own fish hook. <laughs> hey, Sheriff, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, you really ought to come hunting with us sometime, Sheriff. Old Neville here, he's downright squimish till I taught him how to cut the guts out of a deer. I really do like the trio of the Sheriff and his two, like, deputies that go through. They're... They're not completely terrible, except for when Byron is around. Then it gets really ridiculous, as you see in the scene here, where Byron actually tries to explain what happened and is actually corroborating the story that a dinosaur attacked the whole damn party. Byron, what the hell are you doing here? I was at the party when it happened. Oh, Jesus Christ, Byron. If you drop anything, don't bend over. All right, let's get this straight. Now, you want me to believe that a dinosaur did all of this? Yes. How's it going, Byron? Not so good, Norville. Norville, take this young lady to the ambulance, please. This way, miss. Listen, Pop, I know it sounds stupid and ridiculous, but it was a real dinosaur. Oh, you mean somebody dressed up in a costume, something like that. No, that is not what I mean. I mean, it was big as an elephant. He was ten feet tall. I'm not lying, Pop. Were people doing drugs at this party, Byron? I don't know. All I know that that was a dinosaur. And it was as close to me as you are. All right, what was it doing? If I tell you, you're not going to believe me. Come on, come on, try me, Byron. Okay. It picked me up, dusted my jacket off, and it killed those two assholes over there. Shit, Byron. I'm telling the truth. Norville, I want everybody here tested for drugs, including the victims. I'm Neville. Sheriff, we got two more squished bodies and a one-legged girl over there. She's still kind of good looking. You're such a pervert. Yeah, they're really perverts. Like I said, like that whole like joke that they've got going on with Byron and his, you know, inklings, let's say, it's just it seems so out of place when you think about the way everything has become. And I understand that some people may, Oh, you're being too PC or whatever it is, but it's just, it doesn't seem right to me personally, you know? And I know a lot of people that, you know, I got gay friends. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that type of thing, but it's more or less along the lines that like, okay, these just seem really, 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 really outdated. Uh, you know, don't bend over when you're around him. Like, what, he thinks you're attractive enough that he's gonna go over there and be like, man, he's bending over, better stick a fucking dick in his ass, because that's just what I do. No, fuck you, that's not the way this is gonna fucking go. So, but at the same time, I also find, like, humor in the whole thing, like, well, there's a girl that lost her leg, still looks good, though, but she's fucking dead. I mean, I guess you could call her Eileen now, but that's about it. So, it's like a complete massacre. The cops really aren't believing everything that anybody is saying there. They don't realize that there's an actual dino that's kind of gone loose out everywhere. And 
when actuality is, there really is a dinosaur and he's killed a bunch of people. And again, like Byron, like he's like, well, he saved my life. And then he killed a bunch of people. He killed those assholes over there. So he's totally cool with killing people he doesn't like. Just not, you know, him, I guess. <laughs> we cut back over and we see that the scientists have gone back over to the lab. And they're found Carl, poor, poor old Carl outside as flat as a pancake. And they, well, the doctor comes to realization that, hey, everything is going like as he planned. And that even if he's not able to get the dinosaur back, he should still be able to get the contracts that he wants. Feeling a little flat today, Carl. This is incredible. I mean, it's amazing. Huh? Any usable parts? You should have lobotomized him last night. Yes. No, no, no. See, this is better. Huh? Because it's not, it's more than a machine with a brain. I mean, it's a machine with feelings. With passion, with, with opinions. We are on the brink of something special, Helga. We are going to be immortalized, remembered forever for what we achieved to I mean it. <laughs> I will even hook up the libido section when it's our turn. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the other bodies? The other bodies. We just, we just dispose of them. I mean, we just make sure the boy goes back to the morgue. And what do we tell our investors? Tell I showed them this and this, huh? I mean, they will love it. They are capitalists. They will see nothing but dollars. Lots of dollars. Now, come on. We must find our dinosaur. And what was the name of that girl? What was the... Oh, what girl? That girl at the hospital, you idiot. Hunter? I'm sorry. Sorry. Bonnie, please speak to you. Must bring them up. Bonnie. All right. Now, once we, once we find... Once we find the dinosaur, I know exactly what we must do. So, they're going to go out and they're going to find the dinosaur. I like the fact that, oh, they're capitalists. If I show them a couple dead bodies and the fact that it broke out of this place, they're totally going to still invest in our fucking idea. Are you kidding me? If you don't have something, it means that you can't fucking control it at the same time. Why would I invest in something that seems like it's going to go out of control other than it proving to me that it works? How do you know it worked the way that you thought it was going to work? Because it killed your fucking assistants. It killed both of them. And it's probably going to come after you too, you stupid motherfucker. But you don't realize these things. And you just think that we're just going to totally be in. Well, guess what? I'm all fucking in. I'm going to fucking invest in this bullshit. How much stake can I get of your fucking company? 25%? No, I want 50. That's the way I'm going to fund you most of your money. And in fact, I want to buy it out from you and learn the technology by myself. So that way I can control all the dinos that are going to go out there. It's going to be Jurassic Thunder up in this motherfucker. Okay. It's ridiculous, all right? The the fact that it's going in, in that direction. And so they were going to go after, and they automatically assume that he's going to go back to Tammy, which is what he does. And he goes back, and he, she's busy getting ready, you know, for the night or whatever. And then he kidnaps her from his, like, her room by... I really don't know. Again, he's got magical fucking arms. Like, he breaks into the room and, like, grabs her and steals her when she faints. Like... The bed is way far away from the window, so unless he's able to also shrink himself into the size of the fucking window and go through without breaking any fucking glass, it's ridiculous. Like, the parents hear stuff downstairs, like, what? What could it be? And the dad's like, something's not right. And the mom's like, well, you know she wants her privacy. Fuck that. She don't get no privacy when she lives underneath your fucking roof. That door is to remain unlocked at all fucking times. And you can break down that shit when you need to. And when you go upstairs and you open that door and she ain't there, they're like, who? 
where did she go? Which way did she go, George? Which way did she go? And so they fucking, like, panic about it. And then he ends up calling the cops. And the cops do come over and try to look at what's going on. In the meantime, in the morning, we see that Tammy is now awakened. And by God, this is... Alright, so this part of the movie, it really drove me crazy and and let's see let's see where you can pinpoint the point that this might have driven me crazy you dumb motherfucker come on man what the hell is wrong with you you figured the whole fucking thing out you went through the whole stupid fucking shreds thing that is going on you watched him eat the fucking flower he pointed at the bracelet you got it there is michael his brain is in the fucking tyrannosaurus rex what did they do to you you can fucking see it right fucking in front of you there he is dinosaur biggest fucking day being able to communicate with you through fucking charades somehow with extending fucking arms rubbing on your hair where he's nowhere fucking near you like they just put gloves on somebody and did the whole thing with the dinosaur it's so fucking stupid i get it People get upset. Oh my god, I can't believe what they do to you. Like, I get it. it could be a little more rhetorical than that, but come on. You know what they did. You know it. You see it. It is right fucking there. It is right in front of you. Right in your fucking face. Here you are. There's a fucking dinosaur with your boyfriend's fucking brain in it. And yet, you're okay. I mean, you're a little bit sad and everything. But when you finally get back over to your family, you're going to be like, hop, hop, skip, and a jump fucking happy. It's so just... It's dumb. It's so dumb. Like, why couldn't that been like the thing? And then they go get revenge on the kids. I just, 
I feel that some of the stuff that they did for the second half or the third act in this movie is just could have been turned around differently. They could have done some of the stuff like getting revenge on the bullies or Billy and his friends could have been the rest of the fucking movie. Right. And then just getting the body back from what we didn't mean for it to go this far or whatever it is. I just, I don't feel like this is a good representation for where everything's going to go. I'm not saying that it's bad and it's not entertaining. I just feel like something could have changed that didn't have to leave us down this path of the movie. Like, I just, I think it's a little lazy to try to do something more than what it needed to be. So... We go back over to the house and we see that her parents are very upset. The sheriffs have arrived and then, you know, they're looking for Tammy and Tammy does show up, but she has a couple of things that she needs to talk with Byron about. Hey, what do you got right there? Looks to be about 12 feet, Sheriff. It could be the same thing. Sheriff, do you know what did this? Well, I couldn't say right now. Well, well, can you give me a hint? After all, she is my daughter. Look, sir, it would only confuse you. Sheriff, I need to know. It was a dinosaur. A dinosaur? I told you it was confusing. Timmy! 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 Oh, I'm so glad to see you! Are you okay? Oh, I've been so worried about you. Oh, such terrible things have been happening around oh, you. I'm fine, I'm fine. See me alone in a minute, okay? Okay. Hi, Dad! What the hell happened here, Tammy? Who did this? I don't know. I think it was just a meteor or something. I was just checking the fields to see if there was anything out there, but there isn't. A meteor or something? A meteor or something? A dinosaur? I don't understand. What's what's going on? See? What did I tell you? If you want to catch a fish, you go where the bait is. She's already been with him. How do you know that? I can tell by the way she's walking. So, of course, the bad guys now, they figured out where exactly the, you know, the dino could possibly be or a way to find the fucking dinosaur. They're just going to fall around Tammy to eventually they lead him to him and then they're going to pick him up with the truck whenever they need the truck. And we see that Tammy, she seems like she's a lot better after the fact that her boyfriend has died. She's been nothing but sad. And then all of a sudden she's outside the house and she's giggling like a fucking schoolgirl. She's just happy that Michael's back, but she's not like completely surprised or shocked at the fact that he's now a fucking dinosaur. Like everything's totally cool. And then she has a fucking plan. And what's the fucking plan? Well... It's to go get back his body and put his brain back into his body. She's a friend of mine. It's tough enough dealing with these yokels without you being here, Byron. Well, thank you for the vote of confidence, Pa. I'll get out of your way. Damn. Sheriff Dan won't see. He's just getting on my ass. He's still alive. What are you talking about? Michael! Oh, you poor thing. You're going crazy. Byron, I am not going crazy. This is just a little hard to explain. Michael's brain is inside of the dinosaur. Oh, my God. I knew he recognized me. What are you talking about? At the party. The dinosaur. I knew he liked me. So you believe me? Yes, I believe you. The thing is, do you believe me? Of course I do. So what are we going to do? Well, we have to get his body back. 
can do that? I don't know. I'm sure that we can think of something. At the funeral. We can do it at the funeral. Tammy, I don't know. So you have the whole thing with, again, the sheriff and his son. And, like, he's like... I just can't deal with you, with you being around. Like, it's so problematic, you being gay, that I can't have you here and dealing with stuff. And he's like, that's my friend. That's why I'm here. I'm making sure that she's okay with everything that's going on. Because I heard that there was problems around here. And gets through the grapevine when all the sh- the cops show up at your friend's house. You know, you can't just take it for that. And then she's just like, you know, I got something to tell you. And it's really weird. You know, my boyfriend's brain's in a dinosaur. And he's just like, <gasps> That totally makes sense. What? Like, what? You know, you wouldn't be at least a little doubtful, like, right away. Like, okay, what do you mean? Like, well, this is what we, I don't know exactly happened, but he came, he got me, he did this. Like, explain a little more. Don't just automatically be like, you know what? That's totally right. And you know why? Because of what happened over here where a bunch of people died. Did you know that he killed a bunch of people? Like, you're not even going to say anything about that. You're just going to leave it a fucking alone. It's so ridiculous. Like, I would have been in that situation. You know, he killed like 15 people. You know, just just let you know. Like, he got revenge on people. He killed Billy. You know, and you're not going to be sad. Like, she doesn't even know, nor does she ever know about what he's done. It's just, he kills all Billy's, like, friends and cohorts, and that's it. We never hear about him again. They're never spoken of. There is no resolution for fucking Tammy here with them. Like, there's no drama in between Tammy and Michael that Michael went out and did this shit. It's just been done, and nothing ever is talked about. It's ridiculous. That's why I feel like that is, like, it's too early for it to happen. There has to be some consequence to him fucking killing Billy and his thugs. There has to be something, and there's absolutely not. Zero. Zilch. You don't hear about again. Now it's all about getting his body back and not trying to figure out where the fucking scientist is that did this shit him. So they go to the funeral within the next scene, and we see, you know, the uncle again give a drunken speech... I'm just, I'm just a drunk, and he meant a lot to me. Now I'm gonna go sit over here and drink some more. Like, that's literally, I'm not totally embellishing it, but I'm pretty much going through what, like, it's ridiculous. And then you have the dinosaur in the back. He's in the fucking back of the whole, like, funeral, behind where the fucking priest, if you're looking at the priest, you can see a big fucking t-rex back there that's watching like he's trying to be hidden but he's not even hidden and he's like starts bawling his fucking eyes out because his uncle's like i love that guy and you know that his parents they were dead and so i'm his legal guardian like it's so ridiculous it's just like somebody put a hose right next to the eye and it's just dripping straight it's it's so dumb and the fact that you Nobody sees the giant fucking dinosaur. You know, it's ridiculous. So, everybody clears out. They think everybody's gone. And now it's time to go ahead and hijack the body. But there's something that's really weird and I have questions about after everything is done. They're all gone. What do you think? What about Uncle Bob? He's not going to remember anything. I think you should just go ahead and do it. Me? Well, you don't expect me to do it, do you? Oh, there's no way I'm going down there, girlfriend. No way, no way. Forget Bye, it. I ain't going. 
Oh, God, I cannot believe I'm going to do this. Oh, my God, honey, you're so brave. It's, it's hell to be right all the time, huh? <laughs> okay, you ready? Ready. Watch out for the worms. Would you relax? Oh, my God. Oh, oh I'm so sorry, Michael. I've never seen you like this before. What the hell are you going to do? This is awful. Maybe we should get some bug spray or something. Okay, so she goes down into it because Byron, of course, is too much of a pussy to go down in there himself because, oh, God, gay guy can't handle it. Um, And when she goes down in there and she opens up the casket, he already has maggots and worms all over his face. What? How did that happen? How did he decompose that fast? And two, the plan that they have coming up, which we'll get to in a second. I don't want to just talk about it right away. But still this plan of, okay, I get it. But he wasn't, like, left out for, like, weeks. What's the time frame here? Like, that would happen after months. Like, he's been buried in the ground for a long fucking time. But maybe because he was sitting on that table as a terrible mannequin, I might say, when they actually, like, did the whole thing to take the head off and everything like that, or the top of the skull, like, it looks okay, and then once the head part comes out the cranium piece, then all of a sudden it looks really terrible, and then when it comes back on, it looks more like him again. Like, it shouldn't decompose that fast, even if it's been left out for a while. Like, they would have filled it with formaldehyde and other things to, like, maintain it unless it was a closed casket funeral and they did something else to the body that nobody else, they, maybe they aged it more so you can't really tell that it was him. I don't fucking know, but really, a couple of days, that many fucking maggots and then fucking mice? Like, what is the fuck is wrong with that funeral home that did this? Like, that didn't bother to clean out the fucking casket. You know what? There's a shitload of mice and fucking maggots on this guy. Oh, let's just close it and seal it and fuck it. Nobody's going to see him anyway. Who gives a fuck about this kid? It's so ridiculous that it got to this point. And then now he doesn't have a body. And that's why he's, as the T-Rex, is screaming in the distance. So they decide that the next plausible thing that they could do, well, once they get basically accosted by uh, the doctor and his lady Helga here. And they try to steal back the T-Rex, but they manage to knock both of them into the, you know, the the burial pit, the gravesite, And they steal the truck and take Michael to the nearest morgue where they start going through the dead bodies to figure out, you know, what body should they use for Michael? Oh my God, cholesterol thin. The worms in the mac is going to have a field day with you You poor thing. Did you find something? A beautiful girl. Byron, I don't want a girl. Well, neither do I. But it's so sad. Sorry, princess. I could have used those myself. They're all old over here. Dead is as old as you're gonna get, honey. I had a cousin who would have been perfect, but he's been dead for a year. <sighs> Gorgeous. I 
think I found him. <laughs> Let me see. <gasps> no way. Oh, he's perfect. Uh-uh, not to me, is it? Timmy, this is not a decision. Michael should choose his own body. You're right. Bring him over to the window. Huh? Byron, bring him over to the window. He's cold. So they start taking all the dead bodies and parading it across the window and basically let Michael say whether or not he would totally be okay with it, including the girl, to which first, ha ha, he's like, uh, and he's like, no, no. He's like doing things with his hands. I'm doing them over here, but you guys can't fucking see what I'm doing. But basically, he's either giving like a thumbs up, thumbs down, but in that one, he kind of does the hand waving, uh, maybe. And then, no, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. It's just, it's and how can you get his again? How he can get his hands up over the top of the like the truck when his head is barely hanging out the top of the truck, and like he wouldn't be able to get his hand up there. His little T Rex arms wouldn't be able to allow him to reach that high. It's so fucking ridiculous. But anyway, so he's looking out like over there, and again, these people are dead. Like some of them may not have died in the most like natural ways you know maybe someone got hit by a car somebody drowned maybe their body's still okay but for the most part they're fucking dead why would you steal a dead person's body why wouldn't you just get somebody that's like alive that you wouldn't mind fucking killing like finding like a homeless guy in the street and it sucks for the one fucking guy because they go over to him they're like look at everything then they raise the sheet and she's like uh uh-uh, uh I ain't dealing with that at least Byron's cool enough like a he's got enough for me but doesn't have enough for fucking you know size queen over here that needs something fucking huge down there you know okay some people have small dicks some people have large dicks just listen to Rammstein they all do the same thing they fuck a pussy that's it or an ass sometimes you gotta fuck both but nonetheless it's it's ridiculous that like they're going after the dead to me I would think like I said you would just get a live person that nobody really cares about, just like the doctor did, right? The doctor could have gone to the morgue and got himself a dead person and tried to use that brain, but it wouldn't fucking work because it wasn't fucking active. You would think the same thing would go if you're trying to put your brain inside of somebody else's body. You would want something that's more of an active body rather than a dead fucking, dead as a doornail type of body. It's it's stupid. The whole thing is just fucking stupid. So we see them now, they're... All of a sudden, the, you know, the doctor and his wife, who they've also kidnapped, by the way, or Helga, I don't know, wife or whatever, like, the cops have found them, they dump their bodies there, they run off and they run away, and the cops see the the two people and they say, they stole our dinosaur, and so they decide to chase right after them, leaving the doctor and Helga right there uh, to basically kind of get out of the situation. And there's a little funny thing, too, after he takes off her, like, the tape around her mouth, he's like, I need you to chew through my ropes. And then she slowly lowers herself down like she's about to give him a blowjob, and he starts making faces like that. And so... Meanwhile, Byron and Tammy and the dinosaur are running away. The cops pull up to the side and, you know, of course, Byron, he doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong at all. But they make sure to let him know that, hey, you're stealing a dinosaur. Oh, 
goddamn radio. I'll get him on the radio. You just don't lose him. This is Unit 102 calling Sheriff Black. Come in, Sheriff Black. What I got? We found the dinosaur, Sheriff. It's in a truck uh, being driven by your fa- uh, by, by your son. Byron? Uh, yes, sir. You see a couple of folks back in the hospital. They, they say he stole it. Stole what? The dinosaur. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where the hell are you? Uh, we're at uh, Hi- Highway 23, Sheriff. Headed west and hot pursuit. All right, Neville. I want you to take it easy, all right? Okay. You heard it there, too, where they tried to make the joke once again about Byron, where they said, oh, yeah, it's your f- uh, your son. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I meant. It's so fucking stupid and doesn't need to be even in the fucking script, even in that day and age, because it's not fucking funny. And it's fucking ridiculous. Even then, I think that people would have been outraged if they heard that type of thing in a movie, even like this, if this was knocked down to PG-13 and was, you know, rated more for teenagers. It's ridiculous. So, they're basically now chasing after him, and they're going through cornfields, and they're going, you know, towards a lake, and eventually they get to a spot where they stop. Tammy has an idea, and Byron decides that he's going to go ahead and distract the cops to make sure that Tammy gets away. And this is where we get the first time that Tammy actually rides the T-Rex. Even though I'm pretty sure that's not the riding that Michael was hoping for, at least he still gets to feel her on top of him, if you catch my drift. So, (laughs) they basically, they run away in the distance. Byron does distract them enough so that they can get away, and they go into hiding. The next morning, and again, there's not a whole lot going on other than the sheriff is just kind of like, dude, why are you doing this? You know, yeah, you're my son, but I'm tired of this shit. You should just let everything go. And, you know, of course, he is looking out more out for his friends than he is looking out for his father and what his father needs to do. So they go hide out somewhere. And in the morning, Byron bikes basically to where they're at. And he just happens to lead the cops right over to them goes just like i told you you sure they're in there norville guaranteed neville get the sheriff on the horn what do you think they're doing in there just get on the radio and call the sheriff sheriff black come in sheriff black hello tammy you guys in there is that you byron yeah are you decent Just a minute. Michael, honey, wake up. It's Byron. Okay, come in. (laughs) So how you guys doing? Fine. How did you know we're here? You told me this is where you brought you the last time, remember? I brought you some food and something to drink. Thank you. Sure, nobody followed you? Sure, I'm sure. I came across the country on my bike. How you doing, Michael? He's fine. <laughs> you look great, man. You think they're still looking for us? The whole world's looking for you. You don't gallop off into the sunset on the dinosaur and don't create a star. This is awful. So what do you want to do? We have to get that scientist back and find another body. God, not another more than What is that? And that's when the cops actually show up to basically capture the dinosaur, uh, or at least put him down, possibly. And so there are a couple things that are going on there. Like, they still need to find the scientist that 
you know, did the experiment, but yet they haven't been, like, hanging out with the scientists. Like, they captured them. Why would they need to go to the fucking morgue again? To Why not, why not just have them do it? Just be like, look, I've got you. I know exactly what's going on. You're going to do what I want or else fucking Michael's going to do something to you here. And you know what? We're going to keep Helga over here as insurance. Like, they could have done something like that. But instead, they're just going and they're like, okay, well, we're just going to run away. And we're going to run away some more. And then we're going to go hide. And it's like... It's funny, but it's not what it was, again, as it was in the beginning of the movie. It's it's still become a little something different. It's just kind of odd. Like, I wasn't expecting it to go this, this like, whole route to where she was just going to be like, okay, we got to find a way to, like, save you, yet we're not really going to find a way to fucking save you at the same time. So, now that Byron's led them to them, they decide that, hey, we need to get something so that way we show them that, you know, we're... We're just giving up and we want to negotiate what's going on because we don't want anything to happen to fucking Michael. And of course, shit basically does happen to Michael. This is the sheriff speaking. Now, I know you're in there. I want you to come out with your hands up and nobody will get hurt here. You reckon that thing has hands, Sheriff? You want to shut up, Norville? What are we going to do? Wait a minute. I'm going to go out there and read the truth or something. You think it's safe? They've got guns and everything. That's my daddy, honey. You think he'll listen to you? I don't know. He hasn't so far. Well, maybe I should go with you. I think Michael's trying to say that's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, What are we going to do? We need something white, something white, besides you. Looks like somebody's coming out, Sheriff. Don't shoot. Don't shoot, we're humans. Hold your fire. Hold your fire, everybody. Hold your fire. He's waving a flag. Hell, that ain't no flag, Sheriff. That's a goddamn brazier. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to surrender. We're here to negotiate. Negotiate my ass. I've had enough of this crap, Byron. Take him in. Oh, you right, can't Byron. do that, Dad. You can't do that. You little golden apple. Okay, so, like, they could easily just give in to the whole situation. Like, okay, you know, he comes out there, yeah, of course, he's waving her bra, haha, because they didn't have anything white. Even though I think maybe instead of the bra, they should have done the panties. Also, I kind of had to wonder what the two of them were doing. Because when they got up, when they say saw Byron for the very first time, like, they got up and he had his hand on her ass. Like, what more did they do? And he was, like, sleeping next to her. Again, like, the perspective of everything, he's fucking huge. Yet, she seems as big as the dinosaur is when they're laying next to each other. And I have a feeling that's just because of the whole situation of, like, putting him in there and putting him a little bit in the distance. And then the arm of the T-Rex not actually being attached to the T-Rex at the same time makes him feel like he's a lot smaller than he actually is. Or Denise Richards overnight grew to 12 feet so she could bang the fucking dinosaur. Because I'm pretty sure that's what they tried to do. I'm pretty sure that the night before she got a whole mouthful of Tyrannosaurus cock, if you know what I'm saying. But it's just, 
it's like weird. And then here, you know, she comes out like, if that was the case, use the panties because they look a little, a little more like, unless she wasn't wearing white panties for some reason. Though I do really like the dress. I'm honestly talking here. I think that dress looks really, really cute and it looks really, really fantastic. Like, it's this weird, like, satin red type thing. It fits her very well and honestly, she looks kind of hot in it. Um, and I'm not going to lie about that. It's just one of those things. But nonetheless... It's it still, she could have used something different than the bra. But they use the bra, they make the joke. You know, and of course, that right when he gets out there and he's like, I want to, you know, I want to totally talk about this. And, and, you know, it's about having a communication line open and everything like that. Like, you know, it's not about surrender, okay? It's about negotiation. And the, he just like, shut up. <laughs> Like, I love it. The sheriff's just like, fuck you, kids. You know, we're here to do this. We're going to make sure that everything goes down. And he's got a lot more people, and they got a lot bigger guns than they had before. You know, none that are like, you know, you know, sun's out type of guns. But still, a lot of heavy rifles and shotguns and shit. And then, of course, guess who shows up but the fabulous duo, the doctor and his assistant. And, you know, they try to convince everybody that... You know, they're going to be the ones that can stop it because, of course, they can control it, which they honestly prove that they can't. Yet, for some reason, the cops do agree with them. It's that crazy doctor and that lanky bitch again. What the hell's going on here? What are you doing? Get the hell out of here! That is my dinosaur that you are threatening. I made him and he's mine! He's the one that caused all this! He put my boyfriend's brain in that thing! She doesn't even know what she's talking about. I mean, she's totally out of her mind. I mean, it's a mechanical She's telling the truth. Won't anybody believe us? If that's your dinosaur, can you control it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. No, he's lying. Can't you tell? You just let me go in there with my tranquilizer gun and I will immobilize him immediately. He's going to kill Michael. I don't even know who this Michael is. Hey, Pop, if it's the machine, then how can a tranquilizer work on it? It's a new system. Brand new. It's very secretive, but under the circumstances, I suppose I have no alternative. You see, the dinosaur has a <clears throat> new memory system, a new computer created by growing living crystals into memory cells. It's very new, very new indeed. In fact, it is so new that, I mean, we are hoping that it'll put America back on top. All right. No! How long do you need? A minute, less than a minute. why wouldn't you believe byron in this situation that's something that i don't really understand like straight up he goes and says hey you know the whole thing is is that you know, if he really was mechanical, why do you need tranquilizers? And then he just gives some mumbo jumbo about, you know, oh, neutron crystals or some bullshit like that. And you just fucking believe him. So he goes inside with Helga. They go up to the dinosaur. He gets distracted by something else, takes a shot at it. He managed to hit whatever it is right in the eyeball. And she's like, oh, good shot. And then all of a sudden, Michael arrives and Michael kills the doctor. Okay, so... Now you've killed the doctor, how are you going to solve anything else? 
Like, what else is going to happen here? You needed him. You guys were talking about, we need to look him and find him and help him get you into a new body. But you just go ahead and go and kill him. Maybe he doesn't know that he's that same doctor, but he has to know because when he was awake and he came out of the coma, he saw them there when he left Kansas, right? Come on. Like, that just seems, like, really ridiculous. But he doesn't kill Helga. She runs out, and then, of course, you know, they start firing upon the dinosaur as soon as he comes out. And then when they finally do kill him... You know, she runs over and she begins crying on top of him. Like, no, why, Michael? Why? Why did they shoot you? Because you just killed somebody. You know, instead of just like knocking him unconscious or something like that and trying to run away, you ended up fucking killing him like a dumbass. And so while she's there crying over the dinosaur's body, everybody's fucking sad. Why are you all fucking sad? You're the ones that fucking did it, and now you fucking believe her? Is that the reason that you're fucking sad? It doesn't make any sense. This part really just drives me fucking crazy, because if you believed her enough right now, because she's crying over this dinosaur being killed, why didn't you believe her? When she fucking, you know, told you that that's my boyfriend inside of there. Did the Helga come out and say, yes, this is what really was done. And that way they came over and they cried. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't believe her until after you caused her fucking pain. So from there, we cut over to some time later, you know, and we see a car driving down the street. And then we notice the car pull up. And then who happens to be coming out of the car? Why, it's Tammy. And Tammy looks really fucking happy. And she parks in the fucking driveway. Means that she had a car that was in the driveway the whole goddamn time. And there never was a car in the goddamn driveway. Okay. Never mind. That's something stupid to get mad over. But she does seem like she's really cheery. And, well, that's because maybe somebody isn't dead. How are you, honey? Good. Hey, 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 hey. What, what did I do? Oh, dude, I'm so okay. sorry. <laughs> I'll see you guys in a little bit. Yeah. It's just not right, her being so happy like that after what she's been through. If you ask me, it's not right him being up there like that. How you doing? I missed you. Oh, honey, I missed you too. You want the usual? Desperately. Okay. I've got some good news. They found the frozen bodies of those skiers that were lost. I'm going to check it out tomorrow. I love skiing. Cheers. Cheers to you, honey. There you go. Oh, man. Hit me again. Uh-uh-uh. Your analyst said you were having trouble adjusting, remember? I think one's good enough for now. So, you want a little action? Oh, yeah. I've been waiting all day. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't be long. I hate being on my own. Ooh, you're so naughty, you drive me crazy. 
So he is alive for one. He lives in her house two. As just a brain that's attached to a camera. Three. In her bedroom, he lives. Four. Okay? And the parents are just like, whatever. Like, dad's a little worried about it, but mom's just like, whatever. He's, which is true. You know, he can be up there. But what she does at the end of the film, it's fucking stupid. (laughs) Like... Come on, what the fuck were they thinking when they did this part? Other than, hey, we want to make sure that we put Denise Richards in something sexy because she's an attractive girl. And we need to make sure that she's dancing in fucking lingerie the entire time for the rest of the movie. For the last, like, five to ten minutes of the fucking movie. Like, she goes away and like, ooh, do you want me to get changed? Let me get changed for you. You want to do it? Like, what? And you find out that he's a fucking brain. And then she's just dancing around in fucking lingerie like stripping with a feather bow yeah i would be fucking pissed off if i was her fucking father too how are you gonna let the brain of your fucking daughter's boyfriend live in the house to where she can just fucking do whatever the fuck she wants and just strip and get naked and do whatever the hell they need like he's constantly gonna be looking at her at all times how are you gonna let that happen like you could just be like yeah okay you can keep her keep him here but he's going in the fucking basement and i'm gonna be watching him 24 fucking seven like okay i kind of get it you know he's just a brain and can't do anything but come on you're gonna leave them alone all the time and that she's still so much into him that she's just like yeah we're just gonna go find you a random body you want no look they found frozen skiers maybe their bodies are still good and we can go ahead and oh i like to ski like fucking ridiculous and just like hey now can i show you my tits so you can get off like that's the way the movie fucking ends and in fact we get a whole fucking little dance number from her with shitty fucking movie and then we get brain jizz to end the whole fucking thing here i come i'm waiting I want you. I need you. No more. I'm gonna scream your brains out of you. Yeah! Oh, I love you too. You gotta give me a body. I can't take any more of this. So that was the end of the movie. You get to see her wag her butt around, her dance for her boyfriend who's now inside of a brain like thing that she pours liquor over to. It just seems so ridiculous. Like I really wish that it had gone a completely different way. And as I've said multiple times through the podcast, I wish it would have been more about him getting revenge and she eventually stopping him and then they could have gotten to this point, you know. 
that they re- she realized that what he's done, and he realized what he's done, and they stopped him because he was on a roll killing a bunch of people, and they finally cut up to him after he finally killed Billy, and then they took him down, and then she, you know, managed to save the brain, and the doctor was going to help her. It's just, I don't know why they decided to kill off the evil ex-boyfriend so quickly. Like, even though it's, you know, 40-something minutes in, I feel like that's still way too soon. It's not something that should have happened right away. It should have happened sometime afterwards. Like, he could have gone on a little rampage like he was starting. Even if he went out there and he killed the doctor and his assistants first and then ended up Billy, I feel like that would have been a little bit better film because it could have been the doctor trying to stop him and being like, look, we're going to stop him. We're going to take the brain out because it's just a failed experiment or something like that. But they try to do something completely different and try to do something like, that was related to the love that the two supposedly had together. And I felt like it just didn't work. Even though it's much different than where I would have expected it to go, I just feel it falls short in that regard. Uh, Overall, is it a movie I think you should watch? Yeah, I totally think you should watch this movie. Even with all the flow of flaws that I find in this movie, it was still entertaining. It still was enjoyable. I had a good time. There were some really ridiculous things. Some of the puppetry is really ridiculous. (laughs) The whole thing with the feet, whenever you see the feet actually move and you see the arms, they're all so terrible that they're funny. Uh, The the model of the T-Rex looks great. The gore is terrible. It is not fucking needed. Like, I... I understand that everybody was like, oh, he really felt he needed these things and he didn't know that it was going to be cut down to this type and it was a lot in the editing. It didn't need it, to be honest with you. Some scenes could have used a little bit of something, but it was so bad. It wasn't even like it was good gore, you know? Like, if I was expecting, I was expecting the gore cut to be like, even though it's gory and maybe it's cheesy, it's still a little really, like, realistic. Where in this, it wasn't even close. It just was bad in general. So, uh, rating the film and for what I normally do on my scale, um, the gore factor on it, I'm going to give it actually a 3 out of 5. Like, even though it's terrible, it's still pretty gory. You still get a couple heads being ripped off, squished, people's skulls, like, being taken off, and the, the head underneath the car was actually a pretty good effect. Though Billy's head looked terrible. It looked like a mask that was on the ground. It, it was just, like, it, like just rubber. Even just rubber that was on the ground. I liked the effect of Carl being squished. I thought that one was pretty cool. Uh, even when it looks ridiculous, when the head got ripped off of uh, Bobby, you know, the, the guy that was from Children of the Corn, um, when he was running away, I thought that was still funny and looked pretty good. So I would give it a 3 out of 5, even though most of it's terrible and not necessarily needed uh, in the film. Crap Factor. Um, I'm going to give this also a 3 out of 5. I still feel like it could have been better. Like, the acting was better than it needed to be, even though in some cases it was terrible, but not, like, completely terrible. Uh, some of the effects were, like I said, terrible, but the Tyrannosaurus looked fucking awesome, and sometimes the jokes really did hit, and I really liked the characters of Bobby, and I really liked the Doctor character. Those are probably my two, and Byron. I actually really liked Byron in this film. The more I thought about it, and the more that I kind of talked about it, I really do like that character in comparison to a lot of the other ones in the film. Even though he's a little bit over the top, I still feel he has enough of comedic timing to be good uh, in maybe a different type of role doesn't necessarily need to be the gay best friend or anything like that the fun factor i'm gonna give it a three out of five because it does get 
like the tonal shift towards the end of the movie is a little bit too much for me. Uh, I just feel like they could have done something else to kind of keep the revenge story there, which I think even the trailers kind of made you feel like that's the way that it was going to go. Like he's going to become a dinosaur and then he's going to get revenge on everybody that wronged him that like basically killed him. Right. He does, but not for the whole movie. So it kind of just makes it all fall short for that. Uh, and so overall, I'm going to give this three out of five dick grabs. Uh, it's just, it's a fun movie. Your mileage is going to vary in some, uh, you know, parts of the movie, but I still feel in general that it's a, it's a fun film to do. It's a fun film to watch. You're going to enjoy it. I don't think that it's not like a great masterpiece. If a lot of people are really hyping it up for you, I feel like it doesn't necessarily live up to the hype that I've seen from some people. But the ones that say, hey, it's a good movie, they're right. It's a good movie. It's just not a great movie. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. You know, it's not like it's... It's not in the realm of it's so bad it's good, but it's not in the realm of it's just bad. It's just good like it's it's entertaining you're gonna find things to laugh at and you're gonna find some performances good and honestly how much you like denise richards when she was younger is gonna really determine how much you enjoy this movie so for me uh it was just enough denise richards to be honest but again i liked a lot of other people and for paul walker one of his first movies i think he does pretty well in this movie uh and uh, it's amazing how many people are actually in this film that i fucking recognize at the same time so hope you guys enjoyed that uh there's a couple of things that i want to talk about real fast before we get to what the next movie is going to be first of all is the contest so i'm going to extend the contest one more week so next weekend i'm just going to release just like with the contest details so you guys still have some time to please go out to the facebook page you can now do it on twitter you can find the post out there uh as well as on the instagram profile on anyone's you can leave who the actor was like i said i'm only limiting the contest to dave so if anybody else out out there that listens to it on a regular basis and even keeps in contact with the podcast feels like like well i can't really you know do this because you know we're like friendly no go ahead just go ahead and throw your hat into the ring and then we'll pick out the the winners from that uh, i'm probably gonna have my wife help me do that uh so by the end of next week you have until basically let's say friday of next week uh after this podcast has been released to basically uh win yourself a nice little t-shirt and uh some swag uh you know we can go you know some dvds maybe a little bit of something else besides just the t-shirt uh we'll talk about it but go to the facebook page and go to the twitter go to the instagram and uh you know let us know who the actor was that we mentioned uh in the last two so the the episode uh for the velocipasser as well as dave's last episode on the giant claw which i hope you guys all enjoyed uh as well and hope you guys are enjoying these bonus episodes because dave puts a lot of time into them i think they're really well done um you know and i hope you guys enjoy them as much as he enjoyed recording them and it's really refreshing to hear him uh on the movies that he's doing i'm gonna keep all of his he tells me what he's going to do uh but i'm gonna keep all of them quiet until they actually get released uh out into the wild because i feel like it's very fun that way and, and shout out to neil once again uh for doing the the art uh for the last couple episodes of his he's the one that's doing that art uh for each episode that comes out so with that being said uh the next next month is 
is basically going to be Irish themed. Um, I just decided we're going to do two movies that are kind of out of the different spectrum. One is, um, you know, kind of falling in line with what we've been doing, which is kind of around that line of comedy horror. And the other one is more like mm, kids horror. And it's because I've kind of wanted to talk about the film for a while. And there's, uh, it's another one of those films where there's parts in it that scared me as a kid. And maybe I'm going to, I don't want to say upset some people, uh, but some people may not be as big of a fan of me doing like kids movies from their childhood that they may have loved. So um, you can take a guess of what that movie might be. That is uh, St. Patty's Day or Irish related uh, or that might even be Scottish tale. It's possible that that one's a Scottish tale, but I don't think so. I think it's Irish if I'm not mistaken. Um and if I'm wrong, I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> but the next one uh, was a movie that was going to be done or has been asked actually through the Facebook page uh, by Louis Fader. And they asked me to do the movie starring Peter O'Toole, Daryl Hannah, and the Goots, Steve Gutenberg, with High Spirits. These brave Americans have traveled all the way to Europe to visit a genuine haunted castle. Castle Plunkett! We can promise you ghouls of all descriptions! There are no blooming ghosts here! But there will be! We'll invent them! Their host doesn't want them disappointed. Ah! This is the most pitiful supernatural sham that I've ever encountered! We'll get better, I assure you! But when you fake a haunting... The real ghosts get mad. We're going to give those Americans exactly what they came here for. What is going on here? Now, they're out of the closet. You're real. You're a real ghost. Love is in the air. And Jack's just dreamy enough to imagine life with a ghost. Jack, is that you? There's a man in my bathtub! That's Martin! Who's Martin? He's a ghost. Uh, he watches his wife every night. Other than that, I think he's pretty harmless. Daryl Hannah. If you loved me, the miracle could happen. Peter O'Toole. Ooh. Sorry, Peter. Beverly D'Angelo. You threw me over this? I mean, I knew you liked passive women, Jack, but she's half dead. I hope she has a great personality because this hurts. Steve Gutenberg. Oh, I know looks aren't everything. I, I'm, uh, I'm in here. Jack. It's just that they can help so much. There's nothing like a vacation to give your spirits a lift. Mm. High spirits. You're a ghost. I'm an American. It would never work out. All right. So with that being said, yeah, the, the end of the trailer there is a little bit rough. But uh, I thank you guys very much for listening. Once again, I really appreciate the support that you give me as well as that the episodes that uh, Dave has done for the podcast. And make sure that if you haven't had the chance yet, please go and join the contest. We have three entries um, and I'm looking for more. I'd like to have more than just three people to pick from. But if that comes to be, that comes to be. Um, but make sure that you go ahead and follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash terrible terror podcast. 
Twitter, twitter.com slash T underscore T underscore podcast and Instagram, terrible, terrible podcast, as well as YouTube, where there's a bunch of uh, little review videos where we did a review on Fantasy Island that just recently came out. So um, thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll see you next time with High Spirits. See you later. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.